You're listening to Arsenal Pass, a flesh and blood podcast for players by players. And all about strategy, leveling up, and the latest news in the world of Wraith. Welcome to Arsenal Pass. Hello everyone and welcome back to Arsenal Pass episode 146. This is your heavy hitters limited set review. Brendan Patrick over there, Hayden Dale right here. Brendan, what's happening? Nothing much. I um, was able to catch some of the coverage this weekend. Saw your match uh, versus Viet Pham, which was, it was a good match, uh, to be honest. It was cool watching the coverage. I was happy with Mansan's production, uh, to be honest. <laughs> like, this was, it was very critical to have card images, and they were pretty good about it. Because um, Limited is already a very hard format to watch because you need so much domain knowledge when it comes to cards that you don't really play. Um, and this is that times 100 right because we're seeing the cards for the first time but i was able to learn quite a lot from the, the matches i did catch so i think that's really a kudos to mansent and the the production team over there but um yeah how was how was queenstown how was the the venue how was the tournament um before we get into the heroes and the metagame stuff just mm-hmm. how was the overall experience yeah so for those who are not not aware over the weekend there was the well, the week and the weekend there was the celebrational event and then the premiere world premiere for heavy hitters which then led into something that LSS have never done before, which is a calling before the set is even released, a limited calling of heavy hitters uh, on the Saturday, Sunday in Queenstown, which, Brendan, you haven't been to Queenstown, right? But it is one of the most beautiful places in definitely New Zealand, if not the world. Uh, it's a pretty phenomenal place. I've spent a lot of time there over the years when living in New Zealand. And uh, going back and not having been there in a while, I was like, yeah, this, this place is still still really beautiful. Um, the event itself was, was great. Friday, I got to play the world premiere. Uh, plus, they were kind of just, they ran another sealed, I think two more sealeds during that day. So, people actually got to get some some games in before the calling on Saturday. They also were doing like on-demand drafts with heavy hitters. Um, you could even get some, they had a limited amount of prize packs at the prize wall. So, after world premiere, we, or a lot of us cashed in our prize tickets for heavy hitters boosters. So, we could play some more sealeds that evening and things like that. So, you did get a good opportunity to play, play a lot of the limited format. Um, I think I did four sealed pools and three drafts in total. Um, in terms of the call itself, yeah, great event. I don't know, Brennan, I know you said you saw my game against Viet. That was one of my favorite matches I've played on stream, I think. And yeah, also want to double down on what you said. Shout out to Savage Feats, to Nathan and and um, Ethan for their production. Even just being as a player, like honestly, that's probably the best coverage experience I've had as a player. Like now with the headsets they have and how sort of well-oiled they are in the, that feature match area in terms of telling you what to do, how quickly to do it, where you are. It felt really easy to play in that feature match area. Also, I love the noise-canceling headphones. I feel like you just get to zone in on your game and kind of not worry about anything else. But um, yeah, I don't know if you saw Brennan. I, I actually managed to go 7-0 hmm. in sealed, finish day one, uh, first seed. So I go 7-0. There's one more round. It was eight rounds of sealed, then a, a draft on day two, and then I cut the top eight. I'm at 7-0. And I look at the number of players and I go, oh, I have, th- I have three winning ins in a row. I need to win one of the next three rounds and I'm in. I can't win the last round. I'm still being. I need to win one of the next three. I can lose the last round though if I win one of the first three. And Brendan, of course, I did 04 from there <laughs> to finish seven and four. So that's pretty brutal, to be honest. Um, yeah, honestly, my, my biggest, the, the thought that came to me when I saw that, because I did see it, I was like, I'm really interested to see Hayden's uh, sentiment on the set because. You know, whether it's directly correlated or not, 
in my opinion, sometimes your evaluations and your 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 likeness or how much you like sets can sometimes be attached to your to your record. And I was like, this is a very there's quite a dichotomy here. You know, he went seven zero, dominated <laughs> and sealed. Then we have this zero four. I was like, yeah, is the set going to be good? Is it going to be bad? But you, I did actually ask you before you helped on. You said you think it's one of the best limited sets of all time, which. I have to almost accuse you of being optimistic. I think I've heard that many, many times from you. <laughs> but, but, but the other times I've said that is before I've gotten to play it. I would say after every pre-release, I've walked away from the sealed format going, yeah, I, I, I don't <laughs> want to play the sealed, event, a sealed format at a competitive event. After playing four sealed pools, I, I think the sealed format is good. It still comes with the, the flaws of sealed in terms of some of the aspects in terms of, you know, you, you are at the mercy of what you open. But I think... In previous seal formats, we go, okay, pile it up, fatigue it, let's go, right? And that is not an option in this format. Um, uh, Brendan, actually, when I got in last night, I did record a video on like a, a sealed primer for the weekend. We'll make sure we get that up as well. Just my experiences and learnings, what would draw you to each hero, how you should look to build your seal pool. But, you know, go check that out. But basically, piling high is, is, is not good. I had multiple opponents early on who were presenting like 37, 40 out of 43 card deck presented against me. And there's just you know there's just too much damage like to to win that i think maybe everyone with their first seal pool you could get away with it and experience people not knowing how to get the best out of the cards but there's so much synergy and there's so much power if you saw him i had another match on stream actually against an olympia player and uh, i won the die roll went second and then i slammed down a 14 damage turn on my turn one after after he went on turn zero and I, actually 14 or 15 i think my 15 with a mic token trigger i got to hold over to the next turn like it it's kind of there's a lot of damage in this format um and actually because of the the hybrid cards the six pack sealed actually the the power difference usually you know the draft decks are a lot more powerful than the sealed decks in this format because of the amount of hybrid cards and the amount of like usable cards you can have it actually it's pretty similar the sealed and and um draft power level is actually actually pretty similar so there is a lot of damage and i think alice's just yeah shout out to the dev team i think they've they've taken on the feedback they've you know reviewed what's happened in previous sealed and limited formats and they've balanced a lot better for limited this time i think yeah for sure i think the attrition based sealed stuff is well it can be skill rewarding it's ultimately not a fun experience so i'm happy to see mm -hmm. that you know potentially fall by the wayside and also i mean we've seen that uh we've seen that fatigue those fatigue strategies percolate into draft as well which is absolutely yep. <laughs> you know it's it's not ideal i mean we i will talk about it potentially i don't know if you did the math of defensive value but like tales of aria had one of the, the lower defensive values of any set and nevertheless like old him fatigue was still this it was like this weird deck that could absolutely rear its head if the the draft table went the wrong way you know if enough people mm -hmm. didn't draft old him there was going to be a 40 plus card old him deck there that was going to fatigue you and there's almost nothing you could do it felt like yeah, yeah, and I, you know, a lot of that comes down to the the hero ability as well being so defensive. And in the set, the hero abilities are, are very unique and interesting, and revolve around a lot of value add in terms of how you build the deck. So, yeah, this is I'd say quite a synergistic set. I think you get really rewarded for having an understanding of like key turns, key sort of key card combinations that you're going to push through the game. And yeah, I mean the draft. I'm, I'm a, I do have like a little, like a few concerns about the draft format just from what I've done so far. And obviously I owe three, so it sucks, but no, I, might, my, I, I did not draft very well in my uh, my day two draft, but I think it might be harder than I thought to stay open, which, which you know, maybe that's fine, um, but it does, does seem a little bit harder than I thought to maybe stay open. So we'll, we'll see. But hybrid, the hybrid cards in all three of the wedges, I think is the biggest upgrade from this, this mm. limited set. Yeah, I mean, probably beyond the scope of this podcast because we have so many cards to evaluate, but I do wonder if hybrid cards are just, 
um, the future moving forward because Flesh and Blood is a game due to the hero-centric design. It does feel like staying open in draft is often not really an option, or at least it hasn't been for a long time. And I wonder if in the past when it felt like it was open, <laughs> it was actually just uh, ignorance that was leading us to believe that. Yeah. Yeah, hybrids or dual class cards, I think, uh, you know, we saw them for the first time in Outsiders. We we didn't have them in Bright Lights, obviously, because yeah. fully mechanologists set, but we returned with them. And now this time we get them across all three combinations of hero or classes, sorry, I think is, is just great. Um, plus, the two heroes in each actually leads to a very interesting sort of piece when it comes to limited. So, archetypes are definitely there, Brendan, so you'll be happy. You can. I don't know if Yellow Bellow is there, but, but archetypes are definitely there. I mean, there's the, my one of my favorite archetypes is definitely exists in this format, which is just three for seven guardian, like draft as many block threes and three for sevens as possible and just play the turns. Like, I don't know if it'd be powerful enough in this set. It definitely was yeah. in Tales of Aria. It was very, very good. But, um, that, that's honestly one of my favorite archetypes. Uh, it's completely brain dead too. So. It's kind of there. It's kind of there. Actually, it's a, it looks a little bit different, but it's definitely kind of there. Right. Well, we've got a big pod to get into. We've got the limited set review. Four heavy hitters, those heading to pre-release this weekend. This is going to be a very different limited set review because usually me and Brendan, you know, I don't want to say we talk out our ass a little bit, but, you know, <laughs> we, we do a lot of speculation and hypothesizing based on our experiences, our learnings, sitting down, looking at these cards, evaluating them. This time, a little bit of a unique one. We've seen, you know, we've had coverage over the weekend. Players have had a chance to play with this product. I've had a chance to play with this. Brendan's had a chance to at least watch some games and absorb some of what these cards can do. So... I don't know. I feel like we're a bit more experienced this time around. <laughs> I feel like you're a bit more experienced this time around. Uh, yeah, but the, I think that's an interesting dynamic. <laughs> yeah, the, the knowledge asymmetry is pretty drastic on this one. Uh, unprecedented, to say the least. So well, I will definitely be deferring to you on some like on, like sometimes like oh I think this is a B I think this is a C. This time I'll probably be like mm, you're probably right to be honest. <laughs> but I think we're gonna have some interesting conversations about some cards based on face value versus maybe realized value on these cards. Before we do that, let's talk a little bit about how we do the limited set reviews here at Arsenal Pass. So we work on a a, num a lidded scale rating, A, B, C, D. And uh, just to quickly cover out what these mean when we give these grades, these grades are, you know, they're, they're in isolation. Then when we're looking at this, we're trying to evaluate the set as it is now. It's important to note that when we give a card a grade, we're looking at kind of the all-encompassing aspects of, you know, how difficult it is to play this card, what the ceiling of this card is. But in different decks, these could fluctuate, you know, one to even two grades. And, and we'll try and talk about those nuances as much as possible. But we try and evaluate the raw power of the card and, and the realized value as much as possible. So A's, if we give a card an A, this is the best of the best. These are the cards that, you know, you refer to as bombs. These are going to be the focal points of your deck. These are going to be the pack one, pick ones in draft. Uh, some examples would be from, from previous sets, potentially an uprising, Fendel's Fighting Spirit Red, Sash of Sandakai. Uh, if we look at our previous set in Bright Lights, things like Mechanical Strength, Hydraulic Press, Talk Tune, these ways to win the game. Um, then we look at Bs. Bs are the above average role players. You want as many Bs in your deck as possible, but these are going to be contested as well. These are still going to be early picks when you think about things like draft. These cards can be important to an overall strategy. They could be parts that are going to be super synergistic or just above rate cards. You know, Brennan talked about his three for sevens at block three. Uh, things like Immemore Centipire Red, Mounting Anger Red, if I look at sets previous and then if i look at outsiders let's talk about red twin twisters infecting shot red or if you're a bright lights player let's look at things like junkyard dog outpace evo charging rods and then we get into our c's these are going to fill out usually the majority of your deck at any given sort of draft or, or sealed event 
These are going to be your true role players. They're going to be, you know, just your average resources, your your block threes, your cards that in any given turn are going to do something. They're going to be a reasonable value trade, but they're not the best cards in your deck. These are cards like um, Brain Freeze Blue. If we look at Uprising, Dust Runner Outlaw, uh, Miraga. If I look at Outsiders, that could be things like Sedate Red, Surging Strike Red, perhaps from our last set, Dumpster Diver, a uh, Dumpster Dive, Hadron Collider, for instance. And then Ds. These are the cards that you want to play as little as possible. These are your pure, pure filler. These are, you know, close to being crack balls and often cases you do get a lot of yellows in, in this instance uh, cards that block two potentially cards that don't really do anything if I look at the last set in particular when it comes to bright lights cognition field yellow zero to 50 a card you particularly want to have new to evo buzzhive Brendan uh, the equipment that doesn't defend the evo equipment and then we have two kind of other grades that we give we give setup grades for some cards and these are cards that it could have wildly varying from being unplayable to being one of the best cards in your deck if you have the right setup. So uh, you could think about cards like Bonds of Ancestry and Flying Arrow, Toxicity even, Smash and Grab or even Overload Script uh, from the last set. And then Cyborg Grade, these are cards that you might bring in particular matchups. They're going to do a lot of work in particular against particular heroes. Things like... Um, Yellow Infectious Host, Yellow Peace of Mind, uh, maybe Auto Save Script from Bright Lights. So that's how we grade things. And then we do, uh, we will give subgrades. So, you know, if we're in the range of a B, we might give B plus, B minus, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Makes sense, Brendan? Makes sense. Been here before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting good at that. I think that's the seventh or eighth time we've done that. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, it's a lot. It's many times. <laughs> Let's quickly talk some set stats and some things that are happening in heavy hitters if you aren't already aware in terms of set stats often in the past we talked about average defensive value that's gotten a little bit more complicated over time as things have become short printed we've had reds only printed um we've gone away from cycles so the from what i understand and, and brennan you asked about the top of the show like the math on this this is a, a fairly low block set we are looking more similar to so most of our sets have been within about 0.2 of an average defensive value so most sets have been between 2.2 and, and 2.5 average defensive value when you look at the the back end of the card the butt on the card uh, and this is this is similar to uh, monarch of tales of Aria. like it is a lower overall defensive power set there's a lot of block twos in here and that's been really purposely designed by lss um we have zero defense reactions in the set we do have a lot of block cards we have warrior attack actions there are the attack actions in the set uh, and then we do of course have our three classes we have warrior Guardian and Brute and two heroes within each. There is a lot of returning cards in the set. This is the first time we've seen a, a set, Brennan, with a lot of reprints. Uh, I think in total there's about a dozen reprinted cards, including in cycles. Things like Pack Hunt, uh, of course, token weapons like Centauri Saber and Mandible Claw. Lunging Press Blue is back. We have Reinforce the Line, Adrenaline Rush. We have Rally the Rear Guard, Trade In. We have a lot. We'll talk about them as we get to them. And then we have a lot of returning keywords, uh, Intimidate, for instance. And then we have a bunch of new ability keywords, which I'll quickly mention. But I think what we'll do, Brennan, is as we get to the first time that we read these keywords, we will explain what they do. And then from there on, we will not explain them. We'll just say the keywords. So uh, new ability effects or keywords in the set. We have Beat Chest, we have Clash, we have Universal, and we have Wager. And we can talk about them the first time we get to each of those cards in terms of tokens we have gold might and vigor returning might and vigor returning from around the table so if you haven't seen those uh vigor token at the start of your turn pops and you get a resource might token is going to pop at the start of your turn you get plus one attack to your next attack and then gold you can pay two resources destroy it and draw a card and, and then it. agility the new token oh oh sorry i <laughs> i thought you were gonna miss agility and i was like oh. <laughs> my, my favorite personally agility yeah. start of your turn destroy it and the next attack gets go again this turn and 
Someone asked me, actually, someone, Nick Butcher asked me a question yesterday before we got on our flight. We were, we were hanging out in Queenstown. He said, what is the value of an agility token? You know, Vigor is obviously a resource. Might is plus one damage. What's the value of an agility token? I don't know, Brennan, but it's really good. I, you it's, were playing it's brute, more though. than a might. You were playing Brute. It seems very good in Brute. It seems like the best. Very token. good in Warrior as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I figured in, honestly, I thought in Warrior it might be the worst. Of all, well, I mean, Guardian, I mean, probably the worst in Guardian, depending how the deck is built. But yeah, it does feel like agility from what I saw. Again, I didn't play the set. It did feel like agility is one of the more powerful tokens you could have. Yeah. It did seem like the Brutes were very much dependent on it. Yes, right now less so, but yeah, definitely KO. You can see KO a lot more in sealed. And in terms of just for an understanding of these tokens, so each of the wedges kind of owns a token. So agility is owned by the warrior brute wedge. So only warrior brute cards, apart from the generic block cards, can actually make agility tokens. And then same with might on the brute guardian side. Mm -hmm. They make might tokens and then vigor is the warrior guardian wedge so it's important to remember that you know um, because there's some equipment that have uh, effects which we'll get to if you if one of those tokens be destroyed this turn and some heroes are gonna basically never make these tokens so important to remember all right give me a break brennan i need a breath what are we doing first where do we always start with these set reviews um well <laughs> the way the cards work we start with brute but i don't know if you want to go over the heroes and the weapons yes. the token weapons beforehand yeah, just to get some context so yeah obviously we have ko and reiner reiner's returning um reiner <clears throat> says whenever you discard a card with six or more power during your action phase intimidate of course 20 health for intellect then we have ko ko says ko is also 20 20 health for intellect or sorry uh it says you have one weapon zone attack action cards you you own get plus one while they're in any zone other than the combat chain the first time you discard over six or more uh six more power during each of your action phases create a might token um <clears throat> yeah just to break those down from what i saw at least from the stream it did seem like ko was the better brute in sealed i know a lot of people are playing pre-release this weekend that was the mm -hmm. what i took away anecdotally is that reinard did not seem my <laughs> what the thought i had is like if i sit down against a brute and they flip a reinar i'm or scared present a rhino i'm either going to be scared or i'm going to think they're not very good there's it's a total bell curve they're either terrible or they have the most busted deck <laughs> it's one or the other yeah ko is a lot easier to get together in the seal format that um that first key text of the plus one to all your attacks in any zone other than the combat chain means that you you generally win more clashes you have more effective six in your six attacks in your deck so any trigger that requires you to you know beat chest for instance and discard a six attack or when you draw and discard a card at random from a card like wild ride uh, which gives you go again if you've discarded a card with six more power ko is a lot better at utilizing these cards you can really honestly you can have pretty easily upwards of 19 20 effective six attacks in your deck uh, with ko plus then you have this kind of bad ira it's almost like you know it's like ira light create this might token every time you discard a card with six uh more power so you get a, a little bit of a value added bump out of that so yeah ko is the more approachable hero in sealed i think and um if you have a bunch of insane intimidates and bone breaker bellows maybe you play right now claw mandible claws back token weapon for the set so each of the heroes have a token weapon uh two of them returning one of them is new mandible claw is the brute token weapon that you have access to and then there's a bunch of rare weapons which we'll talk about uh, and if you haven't seen mandible claw before it's a brute weapon claw one-hander attacks for three once per turn attack at uh, once per turn action two resources attack and if you've discarded a card with six more attack this turn mandible claw attack gets uh, mandible claw, mandible claws attack gets go again so Rana can play two claws ko can play one 
But this is very important for being able to push damage and, and go wide on combat chains, you know, and, and avoid fatigue like we talked before, utilizing your weapon and going wide with it. Mm-hmm. All right, next up we have the Guardians. We have Betsy and Victor Goldmane. Betsy is 20 life, 4 intellect, and says whenever an attack you control wagers, you may pay 2 resources. If you do, that attack gets plus 1 atta- power and overpower. Then we have Victor Goldmane, also 20 life, 4 intellect, says the first time each, ter- uh, each turn you create a gold token from an effect you control, draw a card. The first time each turn you would fail to win a clash, instead you may destroy a gold, uh, gold you control. If you do, put one of the revealed cards on the bottom of its owner's deck then clash again talk to me about the dichotomy between these two heroes because i mostly saw betsy on stream for the the match that i tuned into how do they play out in sealed and how do you think it's different in draft in terms of flexibility are they different archetypes is one easier than the other etc yeah first of all let's talk wager uh, so wager first time seeing this keyword wager is when uh, you, so you can decide you can choose to wager or not wager when you play the attack and if you do choose to wager then the wager says when the uh, attack's chain link resolves if the attack hit then you create the token that you've wagered so that you wage gold might figure agility based on what the card says uh, and if you hit then you create the token and if you fail to hit then the opponent creates the token so you're effectively you know putting up for wager the token uh, relevant to the card that you've played so uh, and then victor's side gold obviously we already talked about the what the gold token is um it's also clash oh, clash clash yes clash so clash says uh when you when you clash both players reveal the top card of the deck the player with the highest attack or that reveals the highest attack wins the clash and gets the reward um but if you tie the clash then then no one wins the clash with with noting so if you both flip over non-attack actions or you both flip over an attack action that has say four power uh the clash bounces no one wins and nothing happens but if one side has a higher attack action revealed and that includes ko having that plus one ability so if you both reveal fives but ko reveals a five which is actually a six they can win the clash um i think basically from what i saw over the weekend anecdotally but also from talking to the devs um is that kind of there is a there is an a hero in each of these classes for sealed at least because they're easier to get together whereas the other hero maybe even might be better in draft but also requires some more cards so betsy is kind of the default guardian in sealed it's the easier one to put together you just have to open some wager cards there's quite a few of those and then you have this overpower ability you know ways to end the game basically you've got a win condition printed on your hero and kind of some inherent value when you have extra resources to get that plus one attack victor on the other hand you know really needs great ways to generate gold so we'll talk about some of the cards when we get into it but if you don't have those then it's, it's really hard to put a victor deck together whereas betsy just has that kind of inherent value for, for just guardian cards and, and wager cards in general whereas there's less cards that actually make gold yep makes sense to me uh that that's about what i would have expected all right in terms of the weapon the guardian weapon token uh it is a one-hander hammer uh attacks for three um it says once per turn attack uh, once per turn action three resources attack if you've drawn a card this turn this gets plus one how often are you able to satisfy this prerequisite Hmm. Not that often, but it, it, victim more so because of, of the gold tokens, you, you can do it. But I would say, you know, most of the time, this is a three for three. This is probably the weakest token weapon, honestly. And I think that balances off of the fact that you don't actually use your weapons a ton in the seal format, honestly, apart from Warrior Centauri Sabres. But yeah, Mandible Claw gets a little bit of use, but I'd say Guardian uses their weapon the least amount, uh, unless you have a bunch of, you know, maybe a bunch of three blocks, you block out, you set up a card in Arsenal, and then you come in with the high riser or something. But um, yeah, traditionally, I'd say that Guardian is probably attacking with their weapon the least, and it's, it's probably the weakest weapon, token weapon anyway. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Kasai and Olympia, our two warriors. So first of all, Olympia, 
these are both for Intellect 20 Health Heroes. Olympia says the first time each of your attacks wins a wager, create a gold token. We obviously just spoke about what wagers are. And then Kasai has a little bit more text on it. Kasai says if you've drawn a card this turn, your sword attacks cost one less to activate. That includes, you know, if you have two swords, both swords. And then also says once per turn action, banish two red and two yellow cards from your graveyard as a cost. The next time a weapon you control hits a hero this turn, create a gold token, go again. Uh, Dynamic-wise, in terms of seal, Brendan, Kasai, a lot easier to put together and a lot easier to play. You've got that inherent, you know, every time you draw a card, things cost one less. That's really powerful, so you can get your swords for free. There's a lot of good ways to, you know, draw cards and cycle. Um, once per turn action, then in the late game, you can actually start, like, almost like chaining gold tokens. You can start to banish cards and, you know, you're making your weapons cost zero and then you're also threatening to create another gold token and continue to loop that kind of free weapon cycle almost or, yeah, basically a free weapon cycle. Whereas Olympia, you do need a lot of really good wage cards to make sure you can win wages. You also need some ways to pay off your gold tokens. That generally involves cracking the gold token and drawing a card, which then um, there's some cards that get payoffs for drawing a card. And you also want some good attack reactions to make sure you can push your wages over the top. Because if you lose wages, you're, you're losing value. Like if your opponent gets to block out let's say with two, three blocks and a uh, a weapon, uh, sorry, a equipment on your seven attack that's wagering and they get the token, that's pretty good for them. So, you know, you're kind of losing value. So you have to have some good ways to push your wager over the top as well. Makes sense. All right. Um, give me the no BS breakdown for sealed in regards to the power level of the classes. So, I mean, I know there's two heroes in each class, but um, just in regards to Warrior versus Brute versus Guardian, we can even pick Kasai versus Betsy versus KO. Where do you think, mm -hmm. like, how would you rank them in terms of power level um, for sealed for pre-release? I think those three, Betsy, KO, and Kasai are really close in terms of playability and strength. I'd say Olympia is the, the best of the rest in sealed. I think Olympia, you can have a really strong Olympia deck. I think Reiner really has to line up. You have to open a bunch of, as I was saying, good intimidate cards, bone breaker bellows, payoff cards. And I think that's harder in sealed versus draft. And, and same with Victor. In terms of then where the classes kind of rank, I think Guardian, to me, looks the weakest in Steel, but I do think it is the hardest to understand because your weapon isn't as strong, so you do have to have really good sort of synergies and strategies with your Steel deck. KO versus Kasai, it, it's really close, I think, but my experience was that most of the players that converted to Day 2, well, not percentage-wise, but most of the 48 players or whatever it was that made it through to Day 2, I think the majority were playing Kasai, and it made sense because Kasai is very powerful, but I think... KO might be the higher power level card because of just that inherent value and um, with things like Clash. So, yeah, it's, it's really close, honestly. It is really close. Mm -hmm. um, before we get into the cards, we're going to start with Brute. Centauri Saber, the last token weapon. This is a warrior weapon, sword one hand, attacks a two. This is once per turn action, one resource attack. And when this is defended by one or more attack action cards, this gets plus one attack until end of turn. And that line of text, that value of text, Brennan, is another reason why warrior is so good and also... Attack reactions. If you get low on life, attack reactions are just you. You either have to start playing around them. It's just a really difficult position to be in. So yeah, yeah. I mean, but I would lean towards Kasai. I think if you if you open your pool this weekend, you like my KO or my Kasai look about right, about even. I would you know there's some key cards I'd look for, but I'd probably lean Kasai. The last time we had a warrior um, with attack reactions or at least a critical mass of them in limited was Welcome to Wraith. So that format also had mm -hmm. a lot of defense reactions. <laughs> so you actually had ways to kind of yep. deal with this. So. Um, yeah, I can see why the beat might be more powerful here. Anyway, let's get in to Brute. Yep. All right, and we'll be starting it off with the Ball Breaker, which is a Brute 
uh, the rare brute weapon. It is a flail, this one-hander. It attacks for three, and it says once per turn action, two resources attack. If you've discarded a card with six or more power uh, this turn, this gets plus one, so potentially a two for four here, conditionally. Mm-hmm. My yeah. rating for this was, um, I was pretty high on it, to be honest. It seemed like it would be a very good weapon to open. Much better than Mandible Claw in a lot of decks, and I put it at a B plus. Yeah, I, I think the weapons and the equipment you know, we've had some sets where equipment have been kind of only okay, right, Brendan? The equipment and the weapons in the set in particular, which makes sense, it's the arena, right? It's the deathmatch arena. All of these cards that start in play, I think are at minimum powerful, and some of them are really powerful. Ball Break is kind of like a mini romping club. You know, yeah. it's one-hander, so you get to play an extra weapon, but it effectively has one less attack than than romping club. But that's still really good. Um, and I think, particularly if you get to pair this in Reinar as your second weapon, uh, but even in KO, if you're not trying to go as wide and you have a good way to make a bunch of agility tokens, especially with discard effects, uh, with um, beat chest effects, then ball breaker is really strong. So I, I'm, I'm aligned with you, actually. We're off to a good start here. I'm on a B plus, And uh, I, I think this is like, you know, if I see this in my pack, this is, you know, pick one, pack one, pick one, I think ball breaker is very good. Yep. Next up, we have Mini Meat Axe. This is the second brute rare weapon. Uh, it's an axe one-hander, and it says once per turn action, two resources attack. When this attacks, draw a card and then discard a card. So, you know, you're not getting the the plus value and you are having to uh, draw a card and discard a random card. So you aren't getting to choose. I think this is a good Reinar weapon, but I think this is basically unplayable in KO, to be honest. Yeah, I thought this looked pretty bad, to be honest. I'm supposed to see minus. Um, mostly because this doesn't have go again either. So I feel like you're not really benefiting off of this draw card and discard a card every single time um, in terms of the effect. You need the agility. Yeah, you need like an agility. So these cards seemed like very, very underwhelming compared to Ballbreaker in terms of power level. Even in Reinar as well, I feel like I'd rather have the Ballbreaker over the Mini Meat Axe every single time. Yep. Could be wrong. I mean, there could be some synergy going on here, but it just does not seem good. I think there's an archetype. Like there is a Mini Meat Axe Reinar archetype where you have a bunch of agility. It's like the agility Reinar archetype, I think. This is kind of the perfect weapon for it. But because you get the intimate trigger, you just basically force your opponents to never better utilize their hands as as well as they want to. But I think overall for me, I think this is a C plus. I think this is a weapon that if I end up in that archetype, I'm happy to take it. But this is not particularly powerful, not something I'm looking to take take early. All right, next up is Knucklehead. Where, where are you, by the way? <laughs> oh, I had a C minus, so I was actually quite okay. low on it. Um, but okay. again, like in t- if you're talking about like arc in archetypes you can be drafting with the set um you're much more experienced than i am there but overall in terms of like the actual value you can get out of this card it just seems very very underwhelming uh compared mm-hmm. to ball breaker but i do understand like the use case you talk about where it's like oh you have this hyper focused reinar deck that's actually intimidating quite a lot and yeah maybe yeah. that seems a bit magical christmas land uh to me but i haven't drafted the set yet i'd rather take the ball breaker like 90 percent of the time so c minus which is probably a low rating for a weapon um but We'll see. Anyway, next one is uh, Knucklehead. This is a brute head equipment at rare. Uh, defense for two. It's a KO specialization. Says action, destroy this. Roll six out of die until out of turn. Your base intellect is the number rolled and it has temper. Um, for anybody that doesn't remember what temper does, it says when the combat chain closes, if this defended, put a minus one counter on it. Then if it has zero, uh, destroy it. I thought this card was... So what's hard about equipment in flesh and blood with limited is like... It's obviously contextual on what else it competes with. Um, mm-hmm. I actually don't love the effect of this card in something like Sealed or even Draft. It just seems a bit high variance because, uh, I mean, it effectively is like, okay, if you get 
unlucky, which you're actually more likely to get unlucky than lucky here because you have to roll for basically higher than four for this to be really worth yeah. it um you just like instantly almost instantly lose the game obviously it's not that drastic but the temper is really good i like the temper yeah. so i put a minus because of temper i, I mean nailed it brendan you didn't play with a set and you've nailed it yeah this is an a minus this is effective three block don't worry about that <laughs> that text on it honestly that's a trap the only time i'm ever doing that is if i'm so far behind i'm like all right i need to Pray to the the sixes, the pray to the the brute gods here for a six to try and like you know get a six card hand, block a two cards, and come in with some insane four card hand to try and pile on a bunch of damage. But yeah, you're right. Block three, it's temper two. It's it's an A minus. I think it's there's some you know powerful equipment and weapons in this set. Mm -hmm. Let's move on. Monstrous Veil. This is the Rhinar spec uh, brute equipment head. This is a one defense battle worn at rare. Uh, it has action. Destroy this. Draw a card, then discard a random card go again so it's got the mini medex effect on it with go again mm -hmm. but it has battle worn one i think this is a lot weaker than the ko specialization sure. the ko special temper three is temper two sorry but three block effectively is insane the battle worn on this is great because you get the block and you can get the added value out of this so you, you're always going to get the one so mm -hmm. it can't be bad because you're always going to get the one but in terms of this action yeah this this is going to potentially help you win the game you know close out and get that intimidate effect um but i i just think that that's it's not worth as much as the extra two blocks so i, I had this at a, a b plus i have this at b minus but i think it's more of a b um now that we talk about it just because like i mean the effect is very very consistent and so is getting the block value out of it um and it yep. is going to it is absolutely going to help you win the game and i think in the vast majority of your games is reinar um but yeah it is it pales in comparison <laughs> to the it, it's just funny how as flesh and blood matures and evolves what we value in this game it's just like oh my god that's when you block head this is busted <laughs> But also, I, I think I think it's B actually. I think you're right because I do think as well. We talk about we try and bake in flexibility a little bit to this because we do do this limited set review, not just for seal, but also for for draft and mm -hmm. kind of try and evaluate things as as much as possible with context. And this is not a card I'd be amazingly excited about picking first because it's very narrow and um, it's not integral to my Rhino deck. Like this isn't one of the most integral pieces of equipment. We'll get to those when it comes to uh, my deck. All right. Next up is raw meat. This is a brute equipment chest. I know um, it has zero defense, but it says if you control an agility token, this gets plus one defense. If you control a might token, this gets plus one defense. Those are independent of each other and has temper. So yeah, I mean, this can effectively also block for three. The conditions are a little yep. bit harder to satisfy. I think mm -hmm. if your brute deck isn't creating agility tokens, you're already losing the game. Maybe <laughs> if you're, especially if you're playing KO, uh, might yeah, tokens yeah. seem uh i mean they seem relatively i don't know how easy they are to create so my tokens are one i'm a little bit less sure about nevertheless i do think this equipment is a b like i think it's super solid um i want it in my deck um i just i'm a little bit unsure at this point in terms of like creating that my token my my opinion on agility is like if you're not creating agility tokens you're already losing as brute yeah well if you're ko might's pretty easy to make because it's baked into your hero ability sure so i'd say raw meat is really good in ko and it's it's pretty good in Reiner. Like, yeah, raw, raw meat is the amount of times that... Uh, so, I had no chest in my sealed. And I actually have multiple opponents. I flipped over my sealed. I think it was like from basically when I was 4-0 onwards. They were like, oh, you have no chest equipment. And I'm like, because it's quite rare. There's so many equipment in the set. You often have two per pack, even mm -hmm. more than just always one per pack, but often two per pack. So, it's quite rare that I didn't even have a chest equipment. And raw meat is really powerful in, in KO in particular. Um, and so, all the players, I think, playing KO that had raw meat were you know definitely very happy about it. Um, 
but yeah, it's good. I, I'm a B plus on this. I, I think raw meat is, is, is very good. I think it's the best chest equipment, to be honest. Okay. Next up. Next up, we have Beast Mode. Beast Mode is a brute action attack at rare. It defends for three and uh, as a cycle at rare, at red, it attacks for six and then five, four for yellow. It costs three and says, if you've intimidated this turn, this gets plus two attack. What do you think? I don't like this card. I don't think this card's very good. I, I think this is pure payoff. This is a card that if I'm in Reinar and I have good, I'm in a good build with enough agility, then this is great payoff, right? A three for eight at red. That's, you know, it's a two card eight. That's great. But it's two card eight with a lot of hoops. And yes, it does block for three. But the downside on this is that uh, I think at red, the red is definitely the best. I think the, the yellow is, is yeah. pretty bad and the blue at least can get a bit of a buff. So it might be playable. But um, I, I think this is just like a C, maybe a C plus at best. But it's, yeah, it, it costs three. Has hoops to jump through. Yes, it blocks three, but there's a lot of brute root attacks that block three. So I'm not particularly excited about this one. So I feel like I've encountered in this set more than most other sets, like these like build around grades that are very nuanced and kind of hard to articulate. This is one of those cards. I think this card is a C minus. I actually think it's pretty bad. Uh, but if I'm playing Reinar, like I'm probably activating this most time where it is a two card eight, which is very, 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 very powerful. Especially if I have that headpiece that we just talked about. Like this mm -hmm. is. Pretty much a two card eight every single game because I can just save for this card, especially. Um, as long as you don't just cut it first. Yeah, I mean, this is a card that I would play, <laughs> I think, in a yeah. draft deck that was built around this. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think I'm slotting this in my KO deck. I don't think I'm playing the other colors, to be honest. I think I'm only playing red. Um, could yeah. be wrong on that one. But overall, the card seems pretty underwhelming, especially in comparison to like some of the other options you have. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's definitely playable. I think the ceiling, like you say, I do. I also agree with you about the build rounds in the set. We're going to get quite a few of those. Um, but yeah, I have this, yeah, CC minus maybe at best in the right Rhino deck at red, like a, a B minus at pushing it. Mm -hmm. All right, next up we have Pack Call. This is a brute attack action. It's at rare, attacks are seven, blocks are three, costs three. Uh, we're looking at the red. It says, when this defends, reveal the top card of your deck. If it has six or more power, put it on, uh, put it on top. Otherwise, put it on bottom. I just had this as a... C plus. I mean, it's just a three for seven. It's a solid role player, and I like three for seven as a block for three. Overall, I think the text is not insane. Like, it's just whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I love three for sevens that block for three. I think those are just very good in every Flesh and Blood limited set that has existed up until now. Yeah, I think this is a really good include from the design team in the set because you do... You do want to make sure you have a six on top a lot of the time, particularly as as any deck that's going to play brute bear fangs or wild ride, which I think are two of the best brute cards. I will get into that. Yep. <laughs> Spoiler. So I, I think this card is like above us. It's not just a C. It's above. It's above that. I think it's a C plus. I think you're right. Uh, and a blocks three. So Packle's great. Good. Good reprint. Mm -hmm. Next up, we have Rawhide Rumble. This is a two cost brute action attack at rear. It is a cycle as well. It attacks for six and defends for three. Um, at red, we're looking at attacking for six. It has beat chest. So. I'll read Beat Chest for the first time, and then we'll we'll just say Beat Chest. Beat Chest is a new mechanic, and it says, as an additional cost to play this, you may discard a card with six or more attack. And then Rawhide Rumble says, when this attacks a hero, if you have beaten Chest this turn, so if you've activated that, uh, that, that triggered ability when you played the card, then you intimidate them. So Intimidate says, they banish face down a random card from the hand. At the beginning of the end phase, return it to the owner's hand. So six attack, cost two, has Beat Chest, and the Beat Chest effect is Intimidate, effectively, Brennan. Um, I like this card. I think this card 
is 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 reasonably good. I I have it at like a C plus. Okay, but I think it it might be yeah, it might be like in the B range in 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 Reinar. In Ko, for instance, this is just a two cost six attack. But two cost attacks are actually pretty good because you have the one cost pumps in the set. So you can pair them with them. So, um, and this block three. So I actually like the two cost attacks and they're actually pretty hard to come by. There's not many for brute two cost six attacks. So um, yeah, I, I think Rawhide Rumble is like minimum a C plus, but I, I think it goes up from there. Yeah, I had C. I just thought this looked like the epitome of a role player to me uh, in the mm-hmm. format. But yeah, I, I just, I do agree with you. And I think it's important to note the two cost attacks in terms of how they synergize with the one cost pumps. All right, next up is Assault and Battery. It's a brute attack action. Uh, at common, attacks for seven, blocks for three, cost three. We're looking at the red one. It has beat chest, and this says, when this attacks, if you've beaten chest this turn, create an agility token. Um, I have mm-hmm. a B minus for this card. Seems really good. I Like I said, pretty much every, every card that um, has agility token on it has a... What, what is it? It's a half a letter grade? It's not half a letter grade. Whatever. It's like... It's like a, Instead of being a C plus, it's a B minus. Instead of being a B yeah, minus, yeah, it gets a, it gets a, it gets, a, it gets a subgrade bump. Yeah, it gets a subgrade yeah. bump. Everything that has agility token. So agility token is something that, like I said, I haven't played the set, but I see as more valuable than a lot of the other tokens, um, yep. especially might. So I have B minus for the card. Just seems really good. Again, I mean, I said I like three for seven is a block for three. I mean, this is three for seven blocks for three and creates the most valuable token uh, potentially. Yeah. The downside is you have to discard a card to get that token. Yeah, but it's optional, right? Yeah. Beaches is optional. That's the great thing. It's it's a you may discard. Beaches is such a powerful mechanic. Yeah, I'm aligned with you. I think this is C plus into B minus. And I think agility tokens, you know, I said at the top of the show, what's an agility token worth? I think it's worth the most of all the tokens. And I think, you know, it looks like on the surface of it, you're like, oh, they priced everything the same, but there's a lot more payoffs for vigor and um might, which we'll we'll get into once we get into the Guardian Warrior. But yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. Anything with agility. This, I tell you what, this didn't play as well as I thought. I, at first, I was like, wow, this is like a straight B. This card's going to be so good. And then as I played with it, I was like, actually, you often, you don't want to trigger it. The agility token, it's probably not worth a full card, which you have to give up with beat chest. Obviously, you do get the might token back if you're KO, intimidate trigger if you're Reiner. But yeah, I, I think B minus, I think, is, is a good place to sit. All right, next up, we have Bear Fangs. This is a brute action attack. Uh, as it a cycle. We are looking at red, red attacks for six. All of them block for nothing, Brendan. Not zero, nothing. Uh, so important to note. And Bear Fangs cost two. It says, when this attacks, draw a card, then discard a random card. If a card with six or more attack is discarded this way, it gets plus two. Yep. Uh, okay. I just had a B. All right. I'll, I'll stake my claim. I have an A minus on this card. Okay, that's high. I, I think this is maybe the second best card in, in Brute in, in the common rare slot. So it costs two, which I said before, I think is, is you know, there's only a few cards that cost two and pair well with your uh, your pumps, but also the cost structure of being able to attack with claws or other attacks with agility tokens, two is actually quite important. But the other thing as well is that in KO, this is so easy to almost always guarantee this is going to be coming in for eight. And two card eight that costs two and gets you a resource to use on other things, I think is just kind of insane. Um, so... I think this is really powerful. I have this at an A minus. It might be a B plus. I might be overrating this. I did lean towards more brute over the weekend, naturally, mm-hmm. right? But um, uh, this was the card that probably impressed me the the most across both heroes. Either you get the intimidate trigger as as Rana uh, or in KO. This is just so easy to to trigger. So um, mm-hmm. this is powerful. But that's at red. At at yellow and blue, I think this is a lot worse. <laughs> I think this is like C's. All right, next up we uh, have... Blue, oh, blue sorry. might even be unplayable. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up we have Packhound, Brute Attack Action. Uh, attacks for six, blocks for three. It's at common. Um, cost two. We're looking at the red. It says, when this attacks, intimidate. Um, I had a C for this card. This just looks like a total role player to me. 
I don't know if you have anything uh, different. Maybe it's better in in one or the other in terms of heroes, but yeah, just looked like uh, just kind of filler. I've been minus. Intimidate is quite powerful. I didn't realize how powerful Intimidate is because of, especially in sealed, it's quite hard to use your hand as efficiently as I thought it might be. There's a lot of you know, there's a lot of block twos. So if you intimidate out your opponent's block threes, you know, and they're stuck with like, so let's say they had a blue block three versus a blue block two, right? Mm. And they're going to block with one of them this turn. And you intimidate the block three away and they have to block with the block two. Well, you just gained a point of value on that. Your intimidate has been worth a full point of damage. Now you're looking at a two cost coming in for seven effectively because they still have to play the same turn they're going to, but they block with their two block. I think that's really strong. Also, again, this is the last of the, the we have one more two attack after this. Actually, a lie. We have two more two attacks, two mm-hmm. cost attacks, but they they are they are they are important. You do need them. So I've I've B minus on this one, but um yeah, I I actually I really look for this card in draft. I think because I want it in both decks, but I think this is a powerhouse in, in Reiner particularly. Sounds good. Next up, we have Pound Town. This is a brute action attack at common cost three. It is again a cycle. We're looking at the red attacks for seven defense of three. It has beat chest and says when this attacks, if you've beaten chest this turn, create a might token, Brendan. Yeah, I have a C plus. So <clears throat> the one that creates an agility token was a B minus for me. This one's going to be a C plus, uh, just because I think that the agility token is more powerful. But I love three for seven is a block for three, which I know I've said already four times in this podcast. Yeah, I think I have the red at a, a C, and then the 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 blue and, and yellow probably maybe the red C plus. Maybe I align with you on that one. Um, the might token. So effectively, because of chaos ability, you're going to create two might tokens when you trigger this ability. But you know what? I th- I almost think the agility is worth like a full. Almost a full grade higher, so I think maybe I'm just a C on this. To be mm-hmm. honest, this is the cut. This is like one of the brute cards I'm least excited about, honestly. Interesting. All right. Um, and speaking of cards I'm least excited about, the next one is Wild Ride. It's a brute attack action. Attacks for six, blocks for zero, costs two. We're looking at the red. It says when this attacks, draw a card, then discard a random card. If card is six or more, uh, attack is discarded this way. Let's go again. Yeah, I had a D on this. I just felt like the lack of defense felt. No, I'm kidding. I had an A minus, <laughs> <laughs> an A minus for Wild Ride. Honestly, if you watch the if you watch the stream and you watch any brutes play uh, for any amount of time, you would have seen that the <laughs> the sort of inflection point of most games was the turn. Catalyst. Pipe. Yeah, it was Wild Ride. It's just like uh, the commentators were also definitely hyping it up. But yeah, Wild Ride seemed to be the card for facilitating big turns. Yeah. My pack one, pick one, my draft was uh, Red Wild Ride. Makes sense. I think I'm an A minus. So I, I think this is. I really like Bear Fangs. I think Wild Ride is, is slightly more important as, as a, well, particularly in KO, but I think uh, pack one, pick one, I think Wild Ride is, is the higher upside card. Um, this is going to turn on the claws. This is going to allow you to do the big double turns. This is going to get you a might token as well. I mean, minimum, this is the crazy thing. You look at KO, right? This is why KO is so powerful. This is already a, a two for seven with potential go again. That is, that is really powerful. Like because of the, the KO ability, all these, these time, anytime you draw and discard, you know, usually you're just flat knitting the value, but KO is always knitting you one damage. That's why I think Bear Fangs and Wild Ride are so powerful um, in particular because of this, this. You get the card back that you discard. So, yeah, A minus. Um, Bone Breaker Bellow. This is a brute non attack action. It is a cycle. Uh, we're looking at the red here. Defense for three, has beat chest, it costs one, and says your, nukes, your next brute attack this turn gets plus three attack. If you've beaten chest this turn, instead it gets plus five attack, go again. So basically, if you beat chest, you're going to get a plus, an additional plus two attack on this. Um, I think this card is really integral to the Reinar plan that I, mm-hmm. I want to enact. Whether that's agility focused or or not, I think less less so if you're agility focused. But I think this card is pretty good. Um, I think 
I think I'm at like a I had B originally, but actually I think I'm at like a B minus on this on this card. But it is good. It is a non-attack action that blocks three as well, which is really important against mm-hmm. Kasai as well. You yep. want good non-attack actions, especially ones that block three. Yep, I had C plus, so I'm pretty close to you, uh, for all the same reasons. So Alright, on to the next one. We have Smash Back Alehorn. This is a brute non-attack action at common, blocks for two, costs zero. Um, we're looking at the blue, and there is only a blue. Uh, it says create an agility and a might token. Go again. So there's a, there's like a cycle of these, I guess. Uh, yes. Yeah. I didn't like any of them, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I'd see minus for this. I just said uh would rather get those effects off a card that actually does damage. Yeah, that, that is true. So if you're playing KO, you'd much rather have the, the wind up, the agility wind up, because it's a six attack. And when you discard it, which is its ability, we'll get to the card, you get you get this basically you get this effect, but you have an, a six attack in your deck or an effective six attack for KO as opposed to a non-attack action. But non-attack actions really can't be, they are good because they are so good against the, the warriors. You do need non-attack actions. Um, and this one has a, you know, this just has amazing value turn zero. You get mm-hmm. to create some token equity. and then. If you do draw this and it can extend your hand later in the game, it's still good. So I think this is better than just random filler. I think this is actually a C plus. I think this is the best one. Of the cycle. Yeah, I think you're right on that. So I have this at a C plus. Just having ways to create agility is just so key. So I think the rest are a C or C minus. And I think if I'm applying the, the Brendan Patrick school of thought with the the plus you know subgrade bump, I think I'm at a C plus on this. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the Guardian cards, Brennan. And first up, we're going to look at the rare weapon that is Miller's Grindstone. Uh, this is a Guardian weapon hammer, one-handed at rare, attacks a four, and says once per turn action, three resources attack. And when this hits a hero, clash with them. So uh, clash, we've already, we have red clash. Yes, yeah, yep. we have red clash. You, yep, each opponent reveals, each player reveals top card. Player with the most attack wins the clash. Uh, it says, if you win, destroy the top card of their deck. If you if they win, then you put a minus one counter on Miller's Grindstone. This card's interesting. Um, I think it's really powerful. Uh, I think if I was playing the Guardian Mirror, like I might not even play this card. I could be really wrong about that. But I, my assumption was that in matchups where you know you were pretty consistently going to lose clashes that this would be almost a bad weapon to have i don't know how often you swing with your weapon because right if you're only gonna swing with your weapon twice a game anyway then it's fine if you were to lose clashes yeah. and you take you take the risk anyway but i had a b minus uh b i think the weapon's really powerful i just felt like it was more in the b minus range and maybe the guardian mirror but then b against other heroes maybe also b minus against like ryan i was thinking more against like warriors it would be really really good yeah, it's really good against Warrior. I mean, you can play two weapons. This is one-hander, right? Mm-hmm. So you can have the you have the fallback of being able to play just the token weapon as well. You play both of them. And so, you know, if you get a little bit unlucky with a couple of first clashes and this gets to attack, then you just swap over to the other weapon and start coming in with that. Um, but I, I thought this card was going to be insane. I thought this is going to be like, you open this, this is going to be, you just play Guardian. I was kind of worried. I was like, yeah, you open Mills Grindstone, you just play Guardian. And I don't think that's the case. I think this is a B, B minus card, a B plus card. I think it is really good, but it hasn't looked quite as insane as I thought it was going to be. Um, and because fatigue is not actually that viable, the the mill effect is not completely busted like I thought it might have been. So yeah, card's good. I recommend if you're going to play this, play two weapons. They are one-handed, so play your token weapon as well, maybe over a shield. Uh, but 
yeah, this is, especially if you're playing against Brutal Warrior, a uh, Brutal Guardian, maybe it's Warrior, you can get away with playing the offhand if you have it. But yeah, Miller's Grindstone, pretty pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> Speaking right. of offhand, Brennan. Yeah, next up we have Stonewall Impasse. This is a Guardian Equipment offhand defense for one. It's also a rare. It says, when this defends, clash with the attacking hero. If you win, this gets plus one defense until end of turn. And it has Temper, so potentially a block three here. Um, I just wrote, like, it does compete with something at the at this, but it competes with, like, effectively Iron Rot, I believe, if I remember correctly, with the other yeah, shield. Yeah, best. Yeah, so... Or a second uh, weapon. I said it was just an A, to be honest. Like, it just Ooh, felt, seemed okay. really good. I could be wrong. I mean, it just felt like it didn't really compete with anything. The getting three defense out of it is... It's not ultra consistent, but it's relatively consistent. I mean, I even think taking the risk, you don't get, like, insanely punished. So, I don't know if it's actually an A. It's probably, like, if... Definitely not an A. It's probably just like an A minus, and that would probably be on the high end there. But it does seem really, really powerful. Um, like shield, just like being able to equip the shield and 100% get value out of it in terms of like its defensive value, then just equipping another hammer where you're like, okay, maybe contextually I swing this hammer rather than the other. Uh, I feel like it's really good. So A minus for me. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think the fact that this basically doesn't compete with anything unless you've got maybe the Miller's Grindstone and wanting to, to play two, two weapons. Um, yeah, like there is the, the the offhand that blocks one if you're on lower life. But yeah, I, I, I do think this is super powerful. I, maybe I was jaded because every time I put a block with this, I won the clash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just a it was just a battle worn at that point, a blade break at that point. But yeah, I, I think B plus A minus, I think is, is correct. The, the card is really good. Uh, next up, we have Golden Glare. This is the Victor Specialization Equipment. It is a Guardian Equipment Head at rare. It defends for two, has blade break and says, when this defends together with two or more yellow cards, Create a gold token. Uh, you do. You really want ways to create gold tokens. You you really need them. So effectively, this says you know create a gold token, but also draw a card uh, because that is what Victor Victor does with your effects. Creates a, a, a when you create a gold with a effect you control, you do draw a card. Um, so I I think this like minimum has to be in the B ranges. I do think this is maybe maybe the weakest of the head equipment, except for maybe Reinar uh, of the spec equipment um but it is still really good and being able to create a gold token is important but you just have to block with two yellow cards and honestly you, you don't want that many yellow cards in, in your victor deck it's not it's not like kasai where you're like yeah i do want to make sure i've probably got at least six so i can trigger the ability so i don't know i have this at a b b plus oh that is c minus i don't know like i think it's it's your, still a blade break too yeah, it's still blade break too but like yeah so it's probably not c but it, like the the hoops are significant like not only do i have to have bad cards in my deck with yellows but also have to block with two of them plus this with with, together with those like that's blocking for for like minimum six maybe seven or eight yeah it's like blocking with three cards um i mean this one starts to play stays in play but two cards plus this i just hated the hoops he had to jump through um as a blade break two uh, I guess it already takes it up to like a C plus. I mean, it just depends on what it competes with. Uh, it's just like an unconditional yeah. block two blade break, so that that's good. I just hate the hoops you have to jump through for this. So um, it's highly contextual. I haven't played any Victor myself, uh, mm-hmm. so I could be ignorant in that sense. But overall, I, I just really <laughs> I, I just don't like. I just don't. I'm gonna play it to block for two, but I don't like it outside of that. Yep, yep. Do you want to uh, read War and Peace the next card? Yeah, good time. How do you even say that word? 
Chapeau. Chapeau. All right. Yeah. Guardian equipment head blocks for two at rare and says it's a Betsy specialization. Action. Destroy a gold you control. Your next attack this turn gets when this attacks a hero. Wager a might and a vigor token with them. Go again. Uh, has temper. I had B plus for this. Um, just seems extremely powerful. The question is how do you get that gold token uh, as Betsy? But yeah, I mean, I would love the ability to destroy this on-demand wager because like honestly most of those wagers as betsy it feels like uh if you're popping this prior to wagering you're almost going to win like you're guaranteed going to win that so it's like an on-demand uh just feels really really strong b plus could honestly be a low grade i think they got the rarity wrong on this I think should they be majestic. Put the legend- yeah it should have been legendary i think they put the wrong i think this card is i think this is a plus i think this card is yeah, I insane that. i can see that i every time i saw someone playing with it i was just like that card is so busted because okay first of all what is one of the challenges with betsy is making sure that you have enough wages well this creates the wager for you by destroying the gold and it's repeatable it's a repeatable effect with temper too like it's an, it's so good and then also not only that like there is really good ways for betsy that Betsy wants to play to make gold tokens. You've got uh, Money Where Your Mouth Is, which is a mm-hmm. non-attack action that lets you wage gold. You've got Wage Gold, the card itself. And also, if you ever your opponent ever wages gold and you win, so they play anything like Test of Strength in the deck, also you can play Test of Strength in your deck and you're playing Guardian. Test of Strength is the block card that clashes for a gold. Then you create the gold. I, I just think you get this off twice. It's insane. You get this off three times. It's just crazy close to broken and then also has temper too i i think this is the best equipment oh. in the set and i think maybe the best card in the set like this feels like a legendary power level uh, to me honestly yeah so i read it wrong actually i read it as like the action you had to destroy this and the gold token no just the gold so if you had to destroy this and the gold token it would have been a b plus yeah. for me okay it's sure yeah it's clearly i think an a to a plus i mean this is ridiculous is that this reminds me of deep blue to be honest, it's just a massive outlier in terms of the equipment. That's wild. Wow. Uh, yeah. And Deep Blue was put a card in the bottom of your deck to get three resources. <laughs> yeah. Didn't block. And it was generic. Um, yeah. Yeah, this card's insane, honestly. The only thing that hurts us is that it's a Bitsy specialization. But Yeah, honestly, it just looks, it just looks like a mistake. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, yeah, I completely <laughs> read this wrong. I read this that you had to destroy this and the gold token. I was like, wow, it's a B plus, like threat of activation. You get the block value, then you destroy it. It's but wow, it's way better than I thought. That's that's crazy. I honestly feel like this, like this is like a, one of the main reasons to play Betsy. This card seems insane. 100%. Yeah, wow. I think all the specs are honestly the majestic and the um the rare specs. Mm-hmm. Next up, yep. I think it's you. We got. Stand ground. This is a guardian equipment legs at common. Uh, it says it's the same as the raw meat cycle. So there is a cycle of all these for each hero, but this is guardian equipment legs. It says if you control a might token, this gets plus one defense. If you control a vigor token, this gets plus one defense. So two separate lines and it has temper. So you can potentially get three block out of this. I would say this is the second hardest to trigger reliably. Uh, sometimes it can even be the hardest depending on your deck. Might might be the hardest. It's a lot worse than raw meat, I think. Anyway, I, I have this at like a, a B minus. I think this is quite replaceable in the leg slot. There's a leg slot that I really like that we'll talk about. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still a, a minimum uh, a blade break one. But often it can be well. It's maybe something like that. Maybe this is even a C plus. Honestly, sometimes I, I think this is a little bit underwhelming. I'd be minus. Um, okay, we're aligned it. All right, next up is colossal bearing this is a guardian attack action at rare it attacks for eight blocks for three cost four we're looking at the red one it says tower if this has 13 or more attack it gets when this hits a hero destroying equipment they control with one or less defense um 
There's no cycle to this, by the way. So the next three attacks we're going to talk about are just red attacks and guardian yeah. uh, that they've printed with tower. So overall, I was pretty down on the tower mechanic um, because it's hard to get to 13 or more. Like that means you have to have these red, big red pumps um, or these cards are not going to have their additional attacks. I just had a C. It felt like a bit of a role player, probably a C plus because it's one of the more powerful. Um, it's one of the more powerful payoffs. But yeah, I would rather the the guardian attacks that are like oh if it has any any value greater than its original starting attack then you get this payoff where it's like no you have to get 13 yeah. power yeah so it's just like a c i think it's better than some of the others that there are but it's like a c for me yeah i i, I agree on that we're gonna get to those those cards are yeah very very good i think this is the best of the 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 three cards we're about to talk about which is the tower the t the 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 triple towers, the trio of towers. I think Colossal Bearing is the best because I think this is the perfect card to pair with the auras. Uh, and we'll talk about the auras. I think they're actually pretty reasonable. So Big Bop and uh, I can't remember the other one's called. Bigger than Big. So they give you plus five and then they also let you wager. So you can play this, you get that, you put this in Arsenal, you pitch your two blues, you wager with your uh, Big bet, your big Bop and you trigger your Betsy ability. You come in for 13 tower with wager, uh, overpower well 14 i guess um that's that's really powerful i think and it costs four so it quite works quite well um i have this at a b minus but yeah I, I agree like i i think it's i'm excited about other cards a bit more but i do think this can be quite a good payoff in, in the right decks and, and is really powerful yeah um yeah next up we've got lay down the law this is the next of this tower cycle it's a guardian action attack only at red rear cost three tax seven defense three and says tower if this is 13 more attack non-equipment cards get minus one while defending this turn that 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 effect is really powerful if you're coming in with a big tall attack the problem is is that getting this to 13 is really hard because the auras only give you the plus five so you'd need something like the betsy ability as I'm well and then token. at that point it's got overpower anyway so they can only block with one non-equipment card anyway effectively yeah so c plus for me um honestly it could be textless it'd probably get a c plus at a three for seven the blocks for three <laughs> Uh, that that well. power that archetype is good it's really good um uh, yeah i i think it's it's not as good as other sets but yeah yeah next uh, up is the last one uh yep the last one smack smack of reality this is a guardian attack action at rare attacks for nine blocks of three cost five we're looking at the red tower if this is 13 or power it gets when this hits a hero destroy all aura tokens they control uh just to see for me, like, I'm really not compelled by this. So I understand that because it's nine, it's like, oh, it's easier to hit 13. It's like, well, you'd probably just rather have the red pump anyway, um, which is taking your eight to 13. So I don't think that makes a huge difference. Huge difference. I mean, if you're not getting Vigo tokens, four and five are similar costs. So you are getting more attack. It's just, I'm not compelled by any of these tower, well, except for the three for seven, any of these tower cards, but this one is, um, yeah, it's just a C for me. It's like a role player. I'll throw it in my deck, and I'll probably not get the tower effect, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, this, this card's fine. I, I think it's the worst of, of the cycle. Um, I have this as a C as well. Yeah. It's the hardest payoff, and the I mean, the hardest to cast in the payoffs. I, I don't like the five cost guardian attacks, but we can talk about that some more. Mm -hmm. Tell you what card I do like, though. This is over the top. Yep. This is a guardian attack action at rare. It is a cycle. We're back to cycles now. Cost three, defense three. We're looking at the red, which attacks for six. And it says if this has greater than its base attack, it gets overpower. And overpower, just to read that again, this is this can't be defended by more than one action card. So you can throw your equipment in front of it. You can throw your attack reactions in front of it. Um, but you can only throw one action card in front of it, which is 
very relevant. So Overpower is a little bit tougher against Warrior. It's not as, quite as powerful, but against Brute, against Guardian Mirrors, for instance, it's really powerful. Um, this is a win condition, Brendan. Yep, I have a B minus. Okay, I have, I, have a, I have a B plus, I think. I actually think uh, to start with, I was like, oh, this isn't in um, like an A maybe even, but there is a lot of, there is a still a reasonable number of ways to to stop overpower. You do have the block cards as well. Um, you've got some prevention effects. So I, I think this is like a, I'm actually going to go B on this. I think it's just a solid B. All right, next up we have stacked in your favor. This is a guardian um, action aura at rare defense for two cost two. We're looking at the red it says go again. Your attack action cards get plus three while defending. Start of your turn, destroy this, draw a card, then put a card from your hand on top of your decks and kind of fix that clash. I just have a C minus. I don't like these cards usually, um, especially in limited. Um, never been a fan of these cards. It reminds me of kind of like stonewall confidence. Uh, but yeah, just a C minus for me. I'm sure there's an archetype. I'm sure there is an archetype. I'm sure there's a guardian archetype that is about auras. I will likely not be playing it. <laughs> I talk about it every set that we get to guardian, Brennan. Uh, so more confidence blocks three. This blocks two. This is a D for me, I think. I think this is my first D I'm going to dish out. I think build around C maybe. Like, yeah, you know, the deck where you want to make sure you've drawn cards. There are some payoffs for drawing cards. Um, there is some things you want to fix with clash potentially if you know you're going to clash that turn. But um yeah, most of the clashes on defense anyway. I, I I think this is like a D for me. I, I don't like this card. I don't want it on my deck most of the time because it's it, to get my value back on this. So to get basically, uh, but to turn this into a two for six, a two card six, then I need to block with two cards on my next turn to get that plus six defense. And that's not always going to be what I want to do or even be that easy to do. So yeah, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a D range, honestly. I don't want it. Next up, Command Respect. This is a Guardian Attack Action at Common. Defense for three, cost three, and uh, we're looking at the red of the cycle, which attacks for six. It says, when this is a hero, if this has greater attack than its base, destroy a card in their arsenal. So this is the same as uh, over the top in terms of effect, but this one destroys a card in arsenal. B minus. B minus for me as well. I think it's not as good as the overpower overall, but yeah. Yep. Okay, well, let's talk about command respect on steroids so we have concuss which is a guardian attack action uh, at common attacks for six blocks for three cost three we're looking at the red it says when this hits a hero if it has greater attack than its base they discard a card i have a b for this and i think i shot a bit low i think a b plus yeah i think that i want maybe the first overpower over the first concuss as a win condition maybe so maybe i'm but then multiple concusses with my yeah. tokens like it's it's just insane this is a I, tempo card where overpower is yeah. a win condition like you said like i'd rather 100%. have more of these than than the win condition because i can Definitely. have one or two of the win but i this card is insane <laughs> yeah like you know let me let me create a might token every turn and then play something like this so i'll pair this with one of the auras or something so yeah b, b plus for me as well i think this I card is, mm -hmm. is really good i think this card is like constructed playable like this is this yeah, is pretty frequently like a, it's like threatening a two card nine um Really, really frequently. I don't know. This card is extremely good. Yep. Next up, we've got Thunk. This is a Guardian attack action at common. It costs five, defense three. We're looking at the red of the cycle, which attacks for eight. It says, when you win a clash, revealing this, create a might token. These cards are interesting. Like, you know, an attack that has some added value when you reveal it is good. The problem I have with this is like generally Guardian attacks that cost five should attack for nine with, with text. You know, so let's look at something like Disable and Welcome to Wraith. It costs five, attacks for nine, and has an on-hit, uh, well, a, a crush effect of four or more damage, put the put the arsenal card at the bottom of the deck. And there's all these other crush effects, right? Four is usually attack for eight, three costs usually attack for seven in Guardian, right? So this is down on power by one, but in return you get, when you 
clash revealing it, you get a might token. I yes, might tokens are good, but I don't think they're you know they're worth one damage. So I feel like I'm trading down on this card. I, I don't love these cards. I think I like them at blue particularly. I think blue is maybe like a C plus of this. I think the rest are like D's to C's. Honestly, I don't particularly want them on my deck. C for me. Um, I don't like the card for a lot of the reasons we talked about. I mean, I love the reveal of the clash. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not trying to pay five to attack for eight in my guardian deck. Never. Yeah. Never. Please. Uh, <laughs> next up, we have wallop. This is the guardian attack action. Uh, at common attached seven blocks to three cost four. looking at the red and says, when you win a clash revealing this, create a vigor token. So same kind of thing, but it's four for seven. Um, this is also a seat for me. I mean, I, I mean, I just, it's hard for me to really want cards like this in my deck. There is a, ver you know, if, Four or five, they're just tough. And like you said, they're under rate. Um, you know, they're minus one attack than their usual rate, and that's with Pex. So I just, I'm not a huge fan of these cards, see. Yeah, I think Vigor's worse than Might. I think this is less attack, so it's worse at blue. And I want these blues because they help me win clashes and they block for three. So I think this is like a C, and then the rest are like, again, a D plus C yeah. minus uh, yellow and red. I don't want them. So I don't know right. how much people are smoking the Copium on Vigor too with like four cost attack. So like, oh, I'll have a Vigor token with my four cost attack and then all two cards. <laughs> I love it. I'll have a Vigor token and then I can play my four cost attack and I do two card seven. It's like, you jump yeah, through all exactly. those hoops to two card seven. It's like, not great. Yeah. Yeah, there is there are some four attacks that are better than that, but yeah, uh, that that's the problem because you have to put those in your deck, and then yeah, it's a mm -hmm. it's not great. All right, big bop. This is a guardian action aura at common. It is a cycle. It defends for two and costs three. Uh, and it says at the start of your turn, destroy this. Then your next guardian attack this turn gets plus five attack. And when this attacks a hero, you may wager a vigor token with them. So yellow's plus four, blue's plus three attack. Um, big bop. I like some number of these in my Guardian deck, particularly for Betsy. This creates a, a wage attack for you. It turns other attacks into wage attacks. Pair something like uh, this with something like the Overpower that we saw before uh, to create, you know, this this effect. Well, actually, never mind. You get Overpower off Betsy, so don't need to necessarily do that. But if you can't pay for the Overpower, then you can do something like that on. Uh, but then you pair this with something like Concuss, you know, and you get the Overpower, you trigger it. Like you can do some insane stuff off three card hands with those three for sixes, some dirty, dirty stuff. So I think you do want a couple of these in your deck. Um, I think the first one is more valuable and then they kind of lose value. And I think probably what I want is like one to two red and then like one to two blue max in my Betsy deck with the right the right pairing. So I have this like a C, honestly. I have a C, C minus. Maybe. I have a C minus. I don't like, I don't like these cards. Like, um, you know, they don't, they have Gogan, so it's like a massive tempo loss a yep. lot of time. You don't they have a lot of flexibility. Um, they're fine. Uh, like I think you, like you said, like one. I think one is like way better than having multiple copies a lot of the time. I just don't want a critical mass of these in my deck. They block mm -hmm. for two. Non-attack actions yep. are reasonable in terms of blocking warriors, but ultimately, like the guardian turn, I don't want to have is me blocking with two cards. Uh, my opponent's turn, they're going to my turn and being like, okay, play Big Bob, pass. I just don't want to be doing that most of the time, especially against some of these more explosive decks. So uh, it's a C minus for me, but I, I've always been down on cards like this. Always, always. So yeah, I have a bit of a bias. Yeah, I would say my experience so far is that this is, these have been better than they have in other sets before. Mm -hmm. This is because it's quite hard to use your whole hand effectively all the time, but you know, and you have a lot of block threes in Guardian, block out two cards, play this set up, like, you know, and then you force your opponent to come back with their four or five card hand. And it's like, they can't always do that, honestly, unless they're making a million agility tokens, but you can just wait until they don't have the agility token and then do this. So yep. um, I, think, I think it's pretty good. Um, I think it's, Next up's bigger than big. Yeah, I yep. think it's me, bigger than big, Guardian Action Aura. Uh, at common again, blocks for two, cost three, you're looking at the red. It says, at the start of your turn, destroy this, then the next Guardian attack. This turn gets plus five. Uh, when this attacks a hero, you may wager a might 
token with them um so very similar obviously except you're wagering a might over a vigor and mm-hmm. you know hayden i'm in a similar similar school of thought as you to where i thought that that was better than vigor so i put a c for this the other one was a c minus this one's a c uh i think yeah i have c plus for this i think i'm just a half grade up as well yeah. but i, I yeah same but thing, we're basically. congruent in terms of valuing tokens i think yes i think so so far so far um we'll have to see we have to play some games and find out all right last guardian card is paint of strong and stout this is the uh blue non-attack action uh for guardian we saw the brute one earlier the smashback alehorn it is a two defense common guardian non-attack action that costs zero it says create a might token and a vigor token go again it has no cycle i think this is the worst one because it doesn't create an agility so i think this is a c minus i also c minus um not much to talk about for me. All right. Warrior? Let's yeah. move on to the warrior cards. Into the weapon, which is Hot Streak. Warrior weapon, one-handed. At rare, attacks for two. Says once per turn of action, one resource. Attack. When this is defended by one or more attack action cards, Hot Streak's attacks. Uh, get go again this turn. How does that work with double? Like uh, two no, it's not not the good way. Not the good way. Okay, okay. It sees, it sees the, the unique token. The unique card, rather. So I said B plus. Um, yeah, it just seems very, very powerful. Is it better in one warrior than the other? Uh, I mean, it might be slightly better in. No, no, this card's just insane. Honestly, I, I have this as an A. Okay. I think the the threatening go again. There's not that many non-attack actions and things like brute um, or guardian. You're gonna have you know a lot more attacks to defend with. It's really hard to. You know, like, obviously there's agility, but so you can do things like have your agility, come in with your Centauri Saber, and then come in with Hot Streak afterwards, and it's like, okay, do I block this, and is that card in their hand, like, just a card they're going to arsenal, or is it going to be another attack they're going to come in with afterwards? It's it's really tough to to know. And then in the late game, when, you know, you're, you're really grinding out, and you're playing one or two card hands into each other, and they can't make agility tokens anymore, while they're still threatening Hot Streak with Go again to potentially come in with a, a you know, a two attack turn. So I have this in A. I think this is like... This this might be the I think this might be the best weapon of the the rare weapon cycle. I think I think Hot Streak is the the best weapon of of the um the rare weapons. All right. Next up we have Next up. Uh, I, I got you. Next up we have Power Blade. This is a warrior uh weapon one hander at rare again attacks for two blocks for zero. A weapon that blocks once per turn action one resource attack uh and then it says this gets plus two while defending a weapon attack and it has blade break i had a b minus i thought it was not as good as hot streak but i thought it could be good being paired with hot streak because hot streak doesn't work the you know the good way like you said seems Mm -hmm. very very powerful but it's not going to carry you like hot streak will it's cool to see a warrior weapon equipment I think it's quite quite a cool, unique thing. And I actually got to play with this on the Friday at the World Premiere. Uh, I played Olympia in the World Premiere, which I had a ton of fun playing, and I opened Parry Blade. Um, basically, it was fine, and it maybe at times would have just been better as an entire save. I had this at a C, okay. maybe C+. I actually, I actually think this is the, the weakest of the, the weapons in totality. I don't think this is ever particularly amazing. The plus two only if you block a weapon. So, yeah, it is good in the end game in the, in the mirror, in the warrior mirrors, but... Um, yeah, I think or be careful with this. It's a bit of a trap to block with this. You basically don't want to block with this until, you know, you absolutely have to in the end game. Um, so I, th- I think this is like a C. I think it's fine. All right. I'll let you take the next one here. Next up, we have Prize Galia. This is the rare warrior equipment head for Olympia specialization. Uh, so defense for two. It says attack reaction. One resource, destroy this. Target weapon attack you control wages a gold token with the defending hero, and it has 
temper. Uh, so two block temper and this attack reaction that costs one resource and you can wager a token, a gold token. So you can basically almost guarantee this, right? You can wait till they don't block and as the attack reaction you can wager. Now if there's something like reinforce the line or you know damage prevention, which we'll get into, then they, they can blow this out. Um, but I, you know, it's a temper two and it also has a very powerful effect. You do want ways to, to make some gold. Um, because you have a lot of payoff. Well, if you're going to play Olympia, I think you want to have a lot of payoff. But I don't think this is as synergistic as some of the other equipment, particularly um, Chapeau, which I think is kind of insane and, and busted. And then also the, um, I think even the Victor one has maybe a little bit more synergy, but this is Temper 2, so. B plus for me. Yeah, I, I have this in, in, in A minus, I think. That's um, fair. Equipment, I, equipment I did, is very variable. I mean, you could put it, it's it's contextual, it's variable, and yeah, I think that an A minus is totally reasonable, especially in the context of me giving it a B plus. I think mm -hmm. you could be totally right. I mean, it's, it, equipment, it's the bane of my limited evaluations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Hood of Red Sand. Warrior equipment head at rare. Blocks for one. Kasai specialization. Attack reaction. One resource. Banish a red and a yellow card from your graveyard. Destroy this. Target sword attack gets when this hits. When this hits, draw a card. Now it's battle worn. Um, so I understand that you're going to be taxed for yellow and reds in your graveyard as Kasai because mm -hmm. her ability. But I do think yep. that this on hit effect is pretty insane for threat of activation. It's attack reaction. The other one is not an attack reaction. Um, I did check that. So I have a minus. I thought this was quite powerful. What's the other one? Uh, Kasai's ability is not attack reaction. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah, it's, a, it's a non attack action. Correct, correct. So, yeah, um, I have this at A minus as well. I think this is really powerful. Every time my opponents had this, I was so scared that they were just going to have the blowout turn and just effectively draw a card for for free. So, because let's say you play this, you play this in your first weapon and then you've drawn a card. Well, now the next weapon's free with Centauri Saber. So, like, sometimes it's just like free draw a card, which is, yeah, it can be kind of insane. So, yeah. Same, A minus. All right, next up we've got Beacon Applause. This is Warrior Equipment Arms at Common. Uh, it is a, it says if you control an agility token, this gets plus one defense. If you control a vigor token, this gets plus one defense and it's temper. So this is the faux temper two cycle. Um, I have this at B minus, it is hard to get off both. I think this is maybe equal. This raw meat is the best of the cycle, but I think, you know, these the this and the guardian one are a bit of a step down. Arm slot has some replaceability. It's not quite as replaceable as the legs for guardian. Uh, so yeah, and a B minus on this one. B minus as well. All right, next up we have cut the deck. This is a warrior attack reaction at rare blocks of three, cost one. We're looking at the red. Target warrior attack gets plus three. If it's defended by an attack action card, draw a card. Um, then put a card from your hand uh, or arsenal on the bottom of your deck. I had C plus. I think I might have shot a bit low here. Um, one cost plus threes are not amazing in warrior but the effect of this is very very powerful especially satisfying that draw card clause so c plus for me i'm happy to be wrong i have this at a b mm -hmm. maybe even a b plus i think um i think this <clears throat> filtering and being able to fix stuff is, is really powerful but also you have this ability where um you can turn on your your sabers right so you can play this let's say you have an agility token you come in with um a two or three cost attack and with the agility token with go again, you add this on, you get now your your weapons for free afterwards or something, or at least one of them. Or either you play this on the first weapon, for instance, and the next one's free. So I think if this would be, I think this is pretty good. I think the, I think this is better than some of the other red one cost attack reactions we'll see. But yeah, yeah, I think uh, warrior is one is probably the class that I got the most uh, the most grades incorrect. 
to be honest. It was the hardest to evaluate. I might be the same. Mm. <laughs> All right, Fatal Engagement. This is a warrior attack reaction at rear. It is a cycle. It costs two, defense for three. And at red, it says target attack. It's plus five. And it says play this only if an attack action card is defending this chain link. So it has a stipulation to win and how you can play it. Uh, but it does give plus five as an attack reaction for two resources, four at yellow, three at blue. Um, I thought this card was nuts. So I opened this card in my Olympia pool. I had one of these at red and one at blue. And I was like, wow, this is just going to like win me games. It's quite telegraphed a lot of the time because it costs two resources. So the resource structure is a little bit awkward. And if you ever get stuck in your arsenal, your opponent can just play around it. Like my opponent got one stuck in their arsenal and I just played around it for four turns and they could never get it off to kill me. Um, I thought this was like a B range. I think I've come down to like a C plus on this card. So I'm at a C. Uh, I think this is going to be like the Timmy card of the format. I do think it's extreme. I do think it's extremely <laughs> it's powerful. Like I think it'll close out games. It'll put you in really tough situations on the other side of the board. But like you said, because of the cost structure and how telegraphed it can be. Um, also, the rate isn't fantastic. Like two for five isn't crazy in terms yeah. of rate, but it's an attack reaction. In fact, in a five attack, a five. Uh, five power attack reaction is insane that being said i don't i think this card is very inflexible and because of that um like the reason it's a timmy card i think people look at it as like one of those powerful cards in the set because games will end because of this i think it will happen yeah. frequently like games will end because of this card but the game's not ending exactly because of this card like the games are already ending and this card just ended up winning the game um anyway i put it as a c uh, and i think it's going to be powerful but a bit of a trap people overrate it Yep, I think actually red is the worst as well. I think blue and yellow are better because you can still use them for resources and they still block three and they have powerful effects. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right about the blue there too. Yeah, and the yellow, especially considering Kasai. So yeah. Kasai, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, next up we have Take the Upper Hand, Warrior uh, Attack Reaction at Rare, blocks of three, costs zero. We're looking at the red. Play this only if you've wagered this chain link. Target attack gets plus three attack. So zero for three. Attack reaction. Mm. Love that. Having to wager for this to even be playable is tough. That's that like that's I just don't like I don't like ever having cards on my deck that are like um you know this this card literally can't be played, like it can only be pitched mm -hmm. if you don't satisfy this clause. So I think that a zero for defend, defended with you yeah. can sort of with it. I think a zero for three in <clears throat> attack reaction in most cases would be like a high B for me, to be honest. Like I think those cards are super good. But I put this out of C plus and a slash B minus because of the contextual hoops. I'm gonna give this a build around because I think this card is insane in Olympia or even in Kasai when you've got a few wager cards. Um because it costs zero and the cost structure is like let's take something like um the wage cards we're about to see some of them in, in the hybrids and uh, the dual class cards but wage wage vigor or wage agility these cards are really really good but they cost three so it's really hard to push them over the top when you wage this is one of the ways that you guarantee the wage you can actually turn this to, basically you can turn this into a, a zero for four or zero for five on those cards um if your opponent tries to block them out blocks are three and uh, yeah I, I think i'm gonna give this a build around b plus because i think if you haven't got the right deck for it it's unplayable like if you have your kasai deck with no wager cards or one two wager cards it's close to it's close to being a you know yellow would be a crack ball that blocks three at red it's just a, a card that blocks three so build around b plus for me i think vigorous engagement this is a warrior attack reaction at common it is a cycle it defends for two costs one and says target warrior attack it's plus three attack if it's defended by an attack action card create a vigor token at yellow it's gonna be plus two blue plus one attack um i think this is this is the one of the weakest of the attack mm -hmm. reactions i think this is just a, a flat c i think it's 
good, but it's, yeah, it blocks two. It is definitely one of the weakest. Yep, I also put a C for the exact same reason. So there was one you missed here, Hayden, by the way, um, which is Agile Engagement, I think, unless it was oh. misplaced. But that is a warrior attack reaction at common that blocks for two, costs one. We're looking at the red. Target warrior attack gets plus three. If it's defended by an attack action card, create an agility token. I didn't. I missed maybe one of the best attack reactions. I, I think that is a B minus. I think that is like pack one, pick. It might even be a B at, at red. It's like a pack one pick one card i think that card is is very powerful warrior agreed agreed yeah where to next draw swords we're back on track draw swords is a warrior non-attack action at common it is a cycle this one defends three it costs three and says your next warrior attack this turn gets plus three attack draw a card go again of course drops down in power for yellow and blue um this card is really good, I think, yeah. at red. I think at red in particular, basically, it's going to turn on your, your swords. So you want to be an agility-based deck. So I think you probably want to mostly play this in Kasai. Um, but you're going to draw the card. Your Centauri Sabres are going to get that that effect from Kasai. Because if you play this in Olympia, you're not going to get the, the cheap weapon effect. So this is a Kasai card, I think. Uh, but in that deck, I think this is like B-minus territory. It's not quite as insane as I thought it was going to be. But you can just like, on your turn, okay, I have an agility token. It's my turn. I pitch my blue. I play my draw swords. I'm coming in for two attacks for free and um you know what what are you gonna what are you gonna do mm -hmm. like you're gonna block these if you block with any attack uh, actions i'm gonna get like one card sixes or sevens out of this so it's pretty good this is my uh <clears throat> sorry i said b and kasai uh but this is also my favorite art in the set um it's cool I it's your it. favorite art it's cool. It is I quite. think the way the lighting is done is really nice. Um, and the and the, the the text. I live my life on the edge of my blade. This isn't just this isn't just an arena. This is my world. Apparently, Brian Gottlieb was writing a lot of uh, a lot of flavor. I text heard something about yeah, that. Yeah, this annoys me that this has Olympia text on it when I think this is clearly a Kasai card, though. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Edge Ahead. This is a warrior non-tech action at common. Blocks of three, costs one. We're looking at the red. It says your next warrior attack this turn gets plus three. And when this attacks a hero, you may wager an agility token with them. Um, I had C plus for this. I could be a little low because agility token, once again. Um, I do wonder how strong... Like, of course, there's just so many warrior cards that are block three that are not attack actions, which seems really, really good. Um, I like this card. I think this card's super important. I have this at B. I, I think agility, you need ways to make agility. I think this is also a way to trigger wager for Olympia. So this goes into both warriors. This is a card that can keep you super open in draft, I think, um, and has a really, really relevant effect. So I, maybe I'm overrating this nah. a little bit, but it also blocks three. So I, I think it read this is like a B for me. Um, and the blue is actually like quite a nice blue to have in your deck as well. Yeah, I did my set review this morning and I knew I was going to get cooked on warrior. <laughs> I just knew it. Uh, that's right. Engage Swift Blade. This is a warrior non-attack action at common. Cycle, defense of three, cost one. Says your next warrior attack this turn gets plus three. We're looking at the red. And if this is defended by an attack action card, this gets go again. And it has go again. I this is so if we're looking at something like edge ahead or any of the cards that make agility I think this is all is quite a bit worse just having tacked on if it's defended by an attack okay this is basically what I don't want what I want is my cards to be controlled by me so before we talked about the um, if you've wagered this turn get plus three the attack reaction um, take the upper hand versus something like let's look at uh, fatal engagement fatal engagement comes down to how my opponent plays the game and what's in their deck take the upper hand comes down to how I'm playing the game and what's in my deck and kind of similar when I look at edge head versus engage swift blade so engage swift blade like if i set up my turn to be like okay i've got i've got two attacks i need the engage swift blade to be triggered 
that's a really terrible situation to be in because that's on my opponent and how they block. Whereas edge ahead, I don't have to, you know, I'm not getting go again on this turn. That's going to be an agility token for future that's going to set me up for a guaranteed go again. So I think edge ahead is a lot better than swift blade. Uh, I have swift blade at a C plus C. So that's I have. I, exactly. Nice. All yeah. right. Next up is Holden. This is a warrior non-tech action. A common blocks with three costs one. Looking at the red, says your next warrior attack this turn gets plus three. When this attacks a hero, you may wager a vigor token with them. Um, wow. Why did I rate this what I did? I rated this a C plus, and I disagree with myself instantly. What do you think? I don't know. Why would I rate? Um, I this is a C for what it's worth. I think. Yeah, I just feel know, like I'm way I was more interested with my agility that, evaluation with my rating here. Uh, so C plus seems a bit high for the Vigor token. I'd rather have the agility derivative. Yeah, I'm at a C here. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, Goblet of Blood Run Wine. This is the warrior action, non-attack action at blue. Defense for two, cost zero. There is no cycle. It says create an agility and a Vigor token. Go again. Uh, I think if Smashback Aelhorn is a C plus for me, I think this is probably a C plus as well. I think this is the second best of the cycle um but i think it's enough better than the guardian one that i'd probably give it a, a almost a full grade higher honestly and a c minus on yeah I makes sense all right let's move on to the 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 hybrid cards we're moving on to the dual class cards so we're going to go to each of the three of the dual classes um we're going to start with brute and guardian brennan yep first up we have gauntlet of might this is bruce's guardian equipment arms uh, at common blocks for one says action destroy this create a might token go again has blade break um i said I give this a B, and I said I really, really want this in Guardian. Yep, I have this a B, and I agree. You want this to pair with your concusses and your over-the-tops and all those things. Um, it's also very good in Brute, and Brute doesn't have much competition for the arms, so I think this is a solid B. All right, next up, we have Clash of Might. This is a Brute Guardian action attack at rare. It is a cycle. It defends for three and costs two. We're looking at the red, which attacks for six, and says when this defends, Clash with the attacking hero, the winner creates a might token. So quite a cool cycle these. There's one for each of them, Clash of Might, Clash of Agility, and Clash of Vigor. Um, I have this at a B minus. I think these cards are this, you know, they're great in Brute and Guardian. I think the the warrior ones are a lot less good because you, you know, you're gonna win less clashes as warrior. Um and Clash of Might, particularly in, in Guardian, like you were just saying, Brennan, like you want these might tokens. Uh, so yeah, I have this at a a B minus. Maybe it's more like a, a C plus in in um the other colors the problem is right if you so i think this if you could guarantee you win every clash right this card is like a b it's a it's a four block effectively you know it's a, a three block with upside but the fact that if you block with this ever and your opponent wins the clash this effectively blocked for two that's pretty bad so i think this is yeah it's c plus range b minus maybe i just c plus same reason oh, nice all right, nailing it. next up we have Batter Not Broken, Brute slash Guardian, Instant, Rare, cost zero. We're looking at the red, it says next time you be dealt damage, no cycle by the way, next time you be dealt damage this turn, prevent two of the damage if you do create a might token. I think this has the best flavor text, by the way. Swords oh. and Spears can get, get their, their attention. attention. Um, <laughs> I could be wrong about these cards because there's a cycle of them. Right? Not a cycle, but you know, there's other ones like it's this. One of each. Yeah. I hated these cards. I mean, I do want the Ooh. might token. But I just like, I hate cards like this so much. I don't know. Like this prevent two damage doesn't actually, doesn't block for anything. You got a cat. I don't know. It's just like the flexibility of this card just seems so bad. I don't know. It, they, they are reasonably inflexible, right? Like the same with the block cards. Like you need to, to get, you know, they're only defensive. Yeah, um, but block cards the block for four. Like that's way better. <laughs> 
yeah, I mean, it's okay, but this is an unconditional might token, right? The the block cards hit, you have to clash for them, whereas this is an, an unconditional might token. So if you're setting up your turn, it's like, hey, I've got this concuss in my hand and I've got this bad and not broken. I know I'm going to guarantee have the might token on this for my next turn if I, if I play this bad and not broken. The fact it's like only two damage prevent. So let's look at it like in terms of value. This is a zero for three effectively, right? But if you can guarantee that that might token is going to get more value, maybe turn it into an extra damage worth of value almost, and mm-hmm. you're looking at zero for four now, that's a lot more exciting to me. I do agree. I don't think these are phenomenal. I think the agility one is actually, which we'll get to, but I, I have this at a C plus. I think this is the second best of these three effects. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not amazing. Also in Brute, you don't particularly want, especially like I'm playing KO. This takes away from a six attack that could yeah. be my deck. So uh, so my tokens are pretty way better in Guardian, I think, um, because of like, yes. yeah. I put a D. Like, I really hate cards like this, but I think you talked- Oh, you visited a D? Yeah, I mean, it's like, I freaking hate cards like this. <laughs> okay. But I do understand, so in Guardian, I think it's quite it's quite a bit higher because I do want that my token to trigger my ridiculous unhit effects uh, for like, yep. uh, all those cards you talked about earlier. I just like, I would don't I would not want to play this in Brute. Like, I would not want to play this. Yeah, I think this. you're right. Okay. Yeah, I think this is like a C minus D plus in Brute. I think you're right. I think you're right. All right. Next up is Test of Might. This is a Brute Guardian block card at rare. It defends for four. It doesn't have a cycle. Uh, and it says, when this defends, clash with the attacking hero. The winner creates a Might token. These, these we're going to get into a lot of these uh, block cards and block fours and block threes, and we'll, we'll talk about them. Um, I, again, like the, the clash as Brute and Guardian, this is the, the more, more likely to win wedge, right? Like they have the highest power attacks. The might token is, yeah, it's pretty good, but I, I have this at a C. Like, there is a real downside to playing these cards. They don't work on offense, like you said. They're super narrow. If you lose the clash, you lose the value. So, I, I think when I was looking at the set originally, I was like, oh, all these block cards are like first pickable cards. I've come way down on that. I, I think I have this like a C to C plus now. No. Oh, you, you have a B plus, don't you? Yeah. You have you. <laughs> oh god um, but this is the value of playing the format i think honestly like because i was the same boat i was like when i was reviewing the set and looking at this before we played the calling i was like i think these are like bees i think all of these are really good but the problem is you lose the clash and now all of a sudden this is worth two if you lose the clash on this you've given your opponent uh, a plus one if they ever get to use an effect on it that's yeah that's insane like you you've lost out on a two-point value swing effectively mm. are you at a b plus that's what I have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I mean, block cards historically were very, 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 very good. So that's why it's like you, yeah. you get this kind of bias. But I also look at this in like Bad or Not Broken. I'm like, why would I play? I mean, Bad or Not Broken is the unconditionalist thing. It's like you, you assume yeah. Clash is such a funny mechanic. And that's what's really twisting a lot of these cards. But yeah, I did have a B plus. I was caught red-handed. Um, I had the B plus. No, I- I think it's perfectly reasonable. I, I think with experience now, I have this as a C plus. But oh, looks like we have missed one more card potentially. Uh, this one is Wall of Meat and Muscle, Guardian uh, slash Brute Block, uh, Defense for three at rare. Uh, we're looking at the red. I don't know if this cycle. When this de- there probably is innocent now. When this That's defends, if you control my token, you may put an attack action card from your graveyard mm. on top of your deck. Ha. Huh. I can start. I had this in my sealed for the calling. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, I might get fatigued. I'm playing 32 card, 30 to 32 cards exactly. I activated it once and I put a blue block three on top of my deck just to guarantee that I could cast something next turn or block for three. I, I, I think this is kind of whatever. It's a block, which is nice. It's really good against Warrior, but 
ultimately, you know, it's super inflexible. I think the payoff for it is actually only okay. It's at best when you have a really powerful attack to put back. Otherwise, it's kind of whatever. So I have this at a C. I think this is this card's fine. It's filler to me. I'll defer. Defer on that. <laughs> Sorry about missing a card there. All right, next up, we have Mighty Windup, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Mighty Windup is a brute slash guardian attack action at common. It is a cycle. It defends for two. We're looking at the red. They cost three. It says instant. Oh, it attacks for seven. Yes, instant. Discard this. Create a might token. So there's a full cycle of these. Uh, these cards are pretty interesting. I think, you know, if you look at something like brute, the obvious as well, I discard my yellow or red of this and I get the Reinar trigger or the KO trigger plus I get my might token. So if I did that, then I'm getting probably around like, let's say it's KO, right? I get two might tokens off doing this. Is that good? I mean, it's good on turn zero, right? Um, it's good if you have excess cards in hand because your opponent's just passed back and you've got the tempo, for instance. It still gets value out of it to extend your hand. Hand extenders, I think, are important in this in this format. When I say hand extenders, yeah, these are cards basically if you've got passed back with tempo, it's really hard to use your hand in its entirety unless you have agility tokens, but cards like this get you value for still being able to use your hand. Um, but all that said, it blocks two. Uh, you know, it is three for seven, which Brennan likes, but it blocks two, so... With some upside, I think C on on Mighty Wind Up for me. C, I don't like the ability because like so I do think the ability is good. It's like okay, I'm getting two might tokens. I'm triggering Ko's ability, but yeah. or like you know I'm Rhino. About, yeah or Rhinar. But yeah. I think if you're looking at this card, being like oh when I have a redundant card in my hand, I can get value out of this. I think that's terrible. Like I would not want to discard this. To effectively just like get the my token or be like oh if i have a clunky hand then i can actually get some value to this card that would have been redundant i think you should aim to not have redundant cards in the first place <laughs> um and i don't yeah. yeah i don't think that that is good but i do think that you know getting two my tokens is fine in some scenarios like i i don't want to be doing it but it's like okay whatever uh ultimately it's a c though because it's a three for seven um that's fine it is it is yeah they've printed these cards for a reason like and that they are kind of filler or just you know the the best of the worst i guess but they do have relevancy sometimes and you know they are still big attacks but blocking two is definitely a downside cost as well um speaking of which next up is rising powers is brute guardian attack action uh attacks for six blocks for two it's a common uh cost two as well sorry uh we're looking at the red says if you've drawn a card that started this gets plus one uh, i have a c minus I yeah, like I have a C minus to even a, a D on some of these. D, yeah. I think I think these are the worst of of this kind of effect. Yeah. Um, this one definitely sucks yeah. a lot. I think. Yeah. C minus probably high. Yeah. Yeah, might be a D. Honestly, the, 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 yeah, yeah, they're fine. But um, these are these are cards you're gonna see like going really late in drafts because they're not particularly great. All right, wage might. This is a brute slash guardian action attack at common. It is a cycle, defense for two, cost three, attacks for seven at red, and says when this attacks a hero, you may wager a might token with them. So, you know, I'm more interested in waging if I'm in warrior or guardian. Um, brute, I'm not particularly that interested about wagering, to be honest. You know, like it's a lot easier to lose the wages. You don't have the payoff for wagering. So um, I'm, I'm less excited about that. So I, I think this is, while the might token is better than the vigor token, I'm less excited about wagering in this wedge. So I, I have this at a, a C to C plus. Oh. Um, like, don't get me wrong. If this is a free and you get to you just, you just get to decide whether you wager or not, hey, I know my opponent can't or can't effectively block here, or I really need to incentivize them to block, then a two card eight is really powerful. So I have this at a, a C plus. I have a C and I said C plus and Guardian. Nice. 
All right. Next up to lead with powers is a brute guardian non-attack action. A common blocks for two cost one. Looking at the red, it says your next brute or guardian attack this turn gets plus three attack. Create a my token. Go again. Um, I had C plus. Just my tokens are good. And this is a one for four pump. Yep. I th- I think this is C. I think this is actually really awkward to play in guardian because of your cost structure. You know, Brennan was talking about your your two card sevens, etc. This doesn't really leave room for being able to play stuff like this. But in in brute, for instance, I think there's a, you know I talked about two costs earlier. I really like two costs in brute. I like pairing it with cards like lead with power, lead with agility. So I think it's it's better in brute. I think overall I have this at a C. The math is actually great in KO on off turns. It's like okay, I block out, maybe set up something for a future turn and I attack with this into claw, that's a two card seven. You know, you can't go wrong with a two card seven, right, Brennan? So um, effectively because of my token. So yeah, I have this at a, at a C. All right, next up we have the Brute slash Warrior Wedges, the hybrid cards. And first up is Flat Trackers. This is the Brute slash Warrior common equipment. It is a legs, a defense for one. It has blade break and says action, destroy this, create an agility token, go again. And this card is an A, Brendan. Mm, I'd be, but I could see that. <laughs> I, I think this is one of the cards I'm hoping to open from from commons or rares. I think I think for me this is keeps me open. It's pack one, pick oneable. It is uh, agility tokens are so powerful, and the fact that I can have an effective agility token on board for whenever I need it to set up a big turn, I think is exactly what I want. I had this in my sealed pool. It was very very vital, um, and yeah, I, I think I was just talking to this card, talking about this card with. Brian Gottlieb actually and um, also commenting on how powerful this card is I, I think for me this is just a straight straight A I can see it alright next up Clash of Agility Brute Slash Warrior attack action at rare co- uh, attacks for 6 blocks for 3 cost 2 looking at the red well this defends Clash with the attacking hero the winner creates an agility token I had a C plus I have a B plus <laughs> yeah. I think B to B plus I, th- I think this is the best of these effects but i think it's only good in brute i don't really want to be playing this in warrior so i think this is like a c maybe even c minus in warrior but i think in brute i, I have this at like a, a b b minus i think b plus is probably a bit high but mm-hmm. yeah the card is good agility agility is just so valuable um, but obviously it's so valuable if you lose the clash and you give your opponent agility that is very bad <laughs> so um you have to balance it off next up we've got take it on the chin uh, I like the art on this card, Brendan. I don't know. Just, I don't like it. It looks, uh, it's not that, I just, uh, low fidelity. <laughs> uh, it is a brute slash warrior instant. It is at rare. It costs zero. And it says the next time you would be dealt damage this turn, prevent two of that damage if you do create an agility token. So this is the the equivalent of the might one we looked at before. This is far and away. You know, an unconditional agility is very, very powerful. Um, if I think that I'm valuing agility around like two damage, then this is a zero for four, non-conditional. I have this at a, I have this at a B plus. I think this card is very, very good. Yeah, I had a C minus, but like I gave the other ones Ds. I gave this one a C minus. Like, again, I didn't like these, I didn't like these effects, but I could be wrong. Also, this guy's left trap, well, his right trap, but stage, stage, well, I don't know, whatever. It's way bigger than his right. Like, it's ridiculous. No. No, I think he's he's trying to swing a punch with his left arm. So his left arm is extended currently. I think is what's happening. Yeah, he needs, he so, needs to work on that symmetry. Uh, I think he's he's leaning that way, swinging for a punch. All right, next All right, one is on. run into trouble. Um, this is a brute slash warrior block card at rare blocks for three, and it says when this defends, if you control an agility token, deal one damage to the attacking hero at a B minus. But uh, I think it might be wrong on block cards. I have this at a C plus. I'm not far away. I mean, this is like, this is again, is an effect where you get to control it 
on a block card. So it's a zero four, but you control the effect. I, I quite like that. Block cards, are, they are good, but they're not super flexible. I think this is better than some of the other zero for three block cards. Um, I got freaking done in by two of these in my feature match on uh, round one of day two. <laughs> yeah, so I was playing against Tim Bunn at the Calling Dallas, which I top eight and he didn't. <clears throat> no, I'm kidding. So what he did was he, what's that card, the defense reaction that deals one damage in Runeblade? Um Oh, um, Sigil of Agony or something like that? Some shit like that. Yeah, he played yeah. three of those against me. I think it was three or yeah, four. Nice. Yeah, nice. 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 I remember we... Sorry to detract from this. But we we were all... You know, we all got our sealed decks, and that was a very ridiculous sealed format. And, you know, the group is coming together, and there's like, oh, yeah, I opened this, I opened that, everybody's showing their decks, and Tim's like, mine's okay. Didn't show anybody. <laughs> Wouldn't show anybody. Yeah, I figured out why later. It's because he had three <laughs> Sigil of Suffering, and now this is like... A, just insane win condition in that sealed floor. Yeah, he knew what was up. He knew what was up. All right. Next up is Test of Agility. This is a Brute Warrior block card at rare, so no cycle. Defense for four and says, when this defends, clash with the attacking hero. The winner creates an agility token. I think this is... Okay, here we go. I'm now in your zone. I'm at a B plus in KO. I think I'm at a B in probably Reinar. I think... I don't even know if I particularly want this if I'm worried, unless I've got a bunch of, of good attack actions, you know, in my deck, I'm not just full of non-attack actions. Um, it is zero four, but if I give my opponent agility token, I'm very unhappy. So most of the time, I don't really care about Guardian. So if this is a Warrior, I'd play this as a Guardian. Yeah, there's a lot of nuance to these block cards, I think. But overall, I think I have this at a B, just totally. But I think, yeah, can go as high as B plus A minus. I had an A minus predictable all right next up which makes sense. i think like you're seeing you're seeing the ceiling of these cards right because the block blocks are really good i think now learning how we play the format there is there is there is definitely flaw to these cards and there's some some yeah. real risks we they're also, balanced we also came off the back of a format that was like very dominated by overpower um yeah yeah um anyway next up agile wind up this is brute warrior attack action at comment attacks for seven blocks two cost three looking at the reds is instant discard this create agility token i had a c plus so usually yeah, this, this would be a c for me but cycle. yeah it gets a plus because the agility yeah it's the best of the cycle um c plus the blue is really good by the way especially if you're playing care look out for that mm -hmm. next up is rising speed this is a brute slash warrior attack action at common is a cycle cost two defense for two looking at red sort of attacks of five and says if you've drawn a card this turn this gets go again i'm gonna give this a build around grade brennan i'm gonna give this a build around b minus i think if you're in uh the warrior deck that can make sure you draw cards i think this is great i think in brute it's a lot harder to draw cards efficiently and effectively i don't like this card in brute but in the right warrior deck i think this is like a b minus but otherwise i think this is like a d yep well i split the difference and i called it a c so <laughs> sure all right. Next up is Wage Agility. This is a Brute Warrior attack action um, at common. Attacks for seven, blocks for two, cost three, and says when this attacks hero, you may wage an agility token with them. I have a B minus. I have this as a B minus as well. I think this is the best of the cycle. I think this is a great way to stay open and draft. I think as an early pick, this is maybe a B, but overall has some downside. I think B minus in total. Next up is Lead with Speed. This is a Brute slash Warrior non-attack action at common. It is a cycle. It defends for two. It costs one. We're looking at the red which says your next brute or warrior attack this turn gets plus three. It says create an agility token and it has go again. I think this is one of my top early picks in the set for staying open with a powerful effect that creates an agility token. I have this at B plus at red. The rest of them, eh, they're fine. They're probably like C's as Philip, but I, maybe even B minus at yellow. But this is, no, no, actually they're just C's. This is B plus at red though, I think. Yes, I also had B plus. Predictable. Yeah, we're, we're nailing it. No, right, no, I got, I, got, I got kicked on the warrior section. Let's be real. 
<laughs> let's um let's move on to the guardian slash warrior hybrid cards brennan mm -hmm. all right first up is vigor girth uh this is guardian warrior equipment chest blocks for one action destroy this create a vigor token go again has blade break i see plus yeah, I have a B minus. I think Blade Break for me is always going to be minimum C plus. And then when you have an edit ability that I think is like at least somewhat relevant, I'll give it a bit of a subgrade bump. So a B minus, but yeah, I kind of kind of feel the same way. I, I think this is not competing with a whole heap. Um, so I, I think that's also something to consider as well. Mm -hmm. Next up is Clash of Vigor. So this is our, our next of the Clash cycle when it defends. So it's a rare cycle, defense for three, cost two. I'm looking at the red one here, which attacks for six. It says when this defends Clash with the attacking hero, the winner creates a Vigor token. Look, I think we've, the way that we're looking at things is that we're, our stack is agility, then might, then Vigor. Now, of course, that's, there's nuance to this. There are things that can really get paid off for Vigor. There's things that get paid off for Might, et cetera. And some decks agility just isn't that good. But that's kind of how we see it in terms of just in a vacuum value. Um, I have this at a C. I also uh, have this at a C. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just a card. It's a thing. <laughs> just a card. All right. Next up is Sap Happy Guardian Warrior Instant at rare. Cost zero. We're looking at the red. Says the, no cycle, by the way. Next time you'd be dealt damage, prevent two of that damage if you do create a Vigor token. I had a D. Okay, all right. Now we can start talking. I think this is a look. This is a zero for three at, at minimum, and you, these cards are good against Warrior because you don't have attack reaction, a defense reaction. So like some of these instant speed damage regions are really good. Um, but that being said, I think this is a, a C minus, maybe D plus. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is the weakest. Mm -hmm. All right. Next up, we have Hearty Block. This is a Guardian slash Warrior block card at rare, no cycle, defense for three, and says when this defends, if you control a Vigor token, you gain one life. I actually like the life gain because I, I, it's really there's no other life gain in this format. So, um, well, not at rare or common anyway. Um, but controlling a Vigor, like I just don't think Vigor's that good. So I think this is the hardest to trigger a lot of the time. Um, not not that I think Vigor's not that good, but I think it's the weakest as we just talked about. So I have this at a C. I have yep. this a straight C, maybe even C minus, honestly. I had it as a C, but you explaining the card or reading the card took me down to a C minus, to be honest. <laughs> it was my voice. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, next up is Test Vigor, Guardian slash Warrior block card at rare. Blocks of four, looking at the red, no cycle. When this defends, clash with the attacking hero, the winner creates a Vigor token. I had a B. I have this at a C plus, maybe. I actually think it's a B minus. This... This is has the least downside, the mm -hmm. least risk. So if I play this into Brute as the Guardian, like it just has the least amount of risk, I think, overall, um, giving them a bigger token. So yeah, I, I think I'm I'm really struggling to be too high on these block cards now, having played with them. I think they're good cards. You potentially want some of the new decks. Sometimes you don't. Um, but yeah. Next up is Rising Energy. This is a Guardian slash Warrior attack action uh, at common. There is a cycle. It costs two, defense two, and we're looking at the red, which attacks for six, and says if you've drawn a card this turn, this costs one less to play. I'm again going to give this a build around. I'm going to give this a build around C plus B minus. Otherwise, I'm giving this a D. Yep, I had a C plus. So, I mean, you kind of like obvious. I feel like you have to build around this, right? Yeah. Yeah, if you're not building around this. this is just in your deck, two for like, six if I've got my seal pool... Yeah, I build my seal pool. I'm playing, I don't know, Olympia. Uh, sorry, Kasai, and I don't have that many ways to, to, to draw cards outside of my like in-game cycling of tokens. This is going to be filler for me. I might not even make my deck. If I'm in Olympia and I have an engine, this pays off, then great. I really want this. If I'm in Guardian and I'm not in Victor and I'm in Betsy, I probably don't want any part of this card because it's just bad. Mm. So, yeah. All right, next up, we have Vigorous Windup. This is Guardian Warrior Attack Action at common. Attacks for seven, blocks for two, cost three. Looking at the red, instant. Discard this creative Vigor token. 
this one's interesting. Um, obviously, it's just part of the cycle, but it is funny. The instant discard create a vigor token because it's very similar to pitching the card. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's only it's only really good when you have the redundancy of the card on like a turn zero or something, or you need the vigor token payoff, which is just not as many vigor token payoffs. So I have this as a C minus. Yeah, I had a C. Yep. Next up is Wage Vigor, Guardian slash Warrior, attack action at common, cycle, defense for two, cost three, tax for seven at red, and says when this attacks a hero, you may wager a Vigor token. Again, I think this is the, the lowest priority, but you know, in the Guardian where I want to make sure that I can pop some Vigors and play really efficient damage turns, you know, an attack with those four attacks, those five attacks with multiple Vigor tokens or whatever it might be, or fix my resources, I think this is reasonable. That being said, I have this at a C. Yep, C for me as well. Next up is lead with heart. This is guardian warrior attack action at common. I'm um, sorry, non-attack action at common. Blocks of two, costs one. We're looking at the red. Your next guardian warrior, next guardian or warrior attack this turn gets plus three. Uh, attack, create a vigor token. Go again. I see. I think this is like a total role player. Yeah, I think this is the worst because I think guardian doesn't use the these one cost pumps as well honestly um unless you have a vigor token that's when you can start like looping these non-attack actions for free effectively because you just you know you keep playing the vigor and you or they're almost like zero for threes while you attack with your two card sevens uh, which now become you know 10 uh, but yeah i think it's a straight c um i think this is the, the weakest of the cycle mm -hmm. Let's move on to the generics, Brendan. And uh, first up, we've got a, a swath of equipment to talk through. We're going to start with Glory Seeker. This is a generic equipment head at common, and it has no defensive value. It says instant. Three resources. Destroy this. Draw a card. I think this has to get a set upgrade. I think this is only good in the decks that have activate, you know, effects that say... When you draw a card. X if you've drawn a card. Yeah, because... Otherwise, all you're doing is cycling a blue. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes you want to cycle a blue, but that's what you want to use gold tokens for to fix sort of awkward hands and resources. If you're having to give up a whole equipment slot to do that, that's not where you want to be. So I, I have this at a, a, a C plus, and that's that's honestly, a that's a build around grade C plus. I think in a lot of decks, this is going to be just, you know, unless this is your only head, um, I think this is pretty yeah. weak. I had build around B minus. Just for the on-demand being able to satisfy that draw card clause, because it can be quite powerful. Um, yep. Next up is Shelter Cove. This generic equipment head at common says instant three resources, three resources. Destroy this. The next time you'd be dealt damage this turn. <clears throat> Prevent view of that damage. So it's an equipment. It's an equipment. Mm -hmm. So I can't give it enough. But it's pretty bad. Why... Why would you pay? Why would you pay an entire card to prevent two damage and have no inherent block? This is like one of the worst equipment I feel like I've ever seen in my life. But it's really annoying for you know. I don't know. It's not even good against Kano to be honest. So like this, this I had to say it. You know, you couldn't get through a limited view. What? Uh, you couldn't get through. I just think that this card is terrible. I have this at a, uh, a sideboard C plus. I think this card is is really good against Warrior. Um, I had this in my my seal pool. Uh, my Olympia seal pool and I used it playing as warrior mirrors and it is a great way to uh, basically counter any inevitability they might have in the end game but it's purely sideboard I think you know you're playing it's brood or something like giving up a card as you say I mean you do have some blue non-block cards and maybe you can make sure you get a value out of it but at the expense of an equipment slot and equipment is so good in the set I agree with you this card is is pretty poor um, but in the right decks, I guess, sorry, the right matchups with enough blues in your deck, like let's say your Guardian or your Warrior. Um, and I think this has a sideboard implications. All right, next up is Face Adversity. And um, let's do this as a total. Yeah, do uh, in terms of read, Yeah, I'll read them all and then we can talk about 
just breaking down the nuance of the of the different pieces but this is the adversity cycle there is um uh, face adversity confront adversity embrace adversity and overcome adversity one for each of the equipment slots they all say partly the same thing so they all say generic equipment x whether they're head legs arms chest they all defend for two and they all have blade break and they all have a condition on them so face adversity says this may only defend an attack if the attacks controller has drawn a card this turn the confront adversity you can only uh defend with it if uh, the control the attacks controller has destroyed a vigor token this turn embraces if they've, if they've destroyed a might token that's the arms and then the legs is if they've destroyed an agility token this turn can you defend with this I think there's some nuance to these. So I'll give my kind of spiel and then I'll, I'll let you out on Brendan. But I think face adversity is one of the better ones. The head slot is, unless you have the spec head slot, honestly, the head slot is pretty weak. So I think this, and there's a lot of ways to draw cards. There's cards that draw cards, there's gold tokens, etc. You can even give your opponents gold tokens and you don't lose value if you have something like face adversity. So I had this as a, a C plus just because I think the the um the competition is kind of low but these are hard to trigger like you, if you play this for instance let's like let's take confront adver- adversity which is the vigor one if you play this against a brute they're basically never gonna have a vigor token unless you get them one so it's gonna be almost unusable so i think the base for me is like a c on these but in the right matchup these can be you know c plus b minuses um apart from i think the agility one is like just basically a b minus i just think that agility is so strong this is there's not that much competition in the league slot except for flat trackers and if you're a guardian, I think overcome adversity is probably the one, the one that you want. I took a mulligan on rating any of these, and actually wrote that in here um, because it was so contextual. It was just yeah. like I it, feel it like, is. Yeah, yeah. Some of these are good sideboard cards. I think the head and the legs have the most just kind of general utility in the decks they're going to go into, and then the arms and the chest is yeah, they're probably more like sideboard or matchup specific cards. Or if you have a bunch of ways that create these tokens, and if you lose clashes, you get the value out of them. All right. Next up, we have Headliner Helms, generic equipment head at common. Um, has a star value for the defense. Is Headliner's helm is equal? We should probably just do this all together, eh? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. They're all the same, though. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, blade breaks. Every piece of equipment, Blade Blake, and its defense is equal to the number of opposing heroes that get their life in you. So it's equal to one. Yep. So there's uh, Grandstand League plates, Ticket Puncher, Stadium Centerpiece, and the Headliner, headliner Helm. Yep. Um, Iron Rot equipment. I. Right? Sorry? But it's Iron Rot, right? If you're on this life, they're Iron Rot. Oh, so they're worse Iron Rot, right? Yeah, they're worse Iron Rot. So, yeah, I added a C for everything, but I know that some are going to be better than others because of competition. Yeah, I have the centerpiece, so the chest at a C plus, and I have the rest at a, at a C, yeah, mm-hmm. basically. Just because the competition at chest, I think, is a little weaker. I did see a funny Except comment, we- sorry, on Twitter about someone who was like, uh, I think they were replying to something Brian Golly said, and they are like, oh, I wish... I wish they would design more for UPF. And I'm like, dude, have you seen? (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot in the set. Yeah. Bloodied Oval, speaking of. So this Bloody Oval is a generic equipment offhand. It is a star defense value again at common. And it says Bloody Oval's defense is equal to the number of opposing heroes with greater life than you. So the same thing. It has Blade Break. Um, I I think this is a C minus. I think this is not very good. I only really want this in Guardian because I don't want to give up my second weapon yep. as Reiner. Yep, I don't want to give up my second sword as a warrior, particularly maybe in some Olympia builds, maybe especially wage heavy where I'm attack heavy, agility light. But even then, I'm getting one defense max out of this. It's way worse than the temper uh, Guardian one. So yeah, I think this is the maybe the worst equipment in the set. Interesting. Me. I thought it was a C plus in Guardian. Um, unless you open something else, I guess, but... Could be wrong. Yeah, 
Okay, that, that's the point. I, I guess, and, and specifically in Guardian, but I think that gives me a C minus overall because I, I don't think, I don't want people getting trapped into playing this in their non Guardian decks. And for instance, if I had like Miller's Grindstone, I would play the other weapon over this. Yeah. I wouldn't play this. So, All right. Yeah. Down but not out, generic attack action. At rare, cost five, defense for three, or sorry, attack for five, defense for three, uh, cost three. We're looking at the red. When this attacks zero, if they have less life than less life and control fewer equipment and tokens than them, and you control fewer equipment and tokens than them, this gets plus three and overpower. When this hits, create an agility, might and vigor token. So this is like super magical Christmas land, I feel like. Um, especially regarding the token stuff. How do you feel about okay? I'm just gonna leave it to you for limited. <laughs> so there's three conditions here, which is really important to note. Um, I think the way the card reads is a little bit confusing. So you have to fulfill all three conditions, be on this life, have fewer equipment, and have fewer tokens. Those are three separate conditions. This card is either a C or an A+. Plus. It's definitely a C. <laughs> and, uh, well, this card is powerful. This card, uh, I lost to this card to lose my final winning in for top eight at the calling this weekend um it is in theory it's like oh this card should be pretty easy to play around right but like there is ways to give your opponents tokens um there is sometimes you can get stuck with equipment you can't block with like we just mm -hmm. looked at the confront cycle of, mm -hmm. of equipment it's not always easy to get rid of those so yeah this is this is yeah and it also blocks three and attacks a five and i think if you can never turn this on then yeah it's a c but when you turn this on, it's insane. Like it's, you know, it's a two card eight with overpower that creates you effectively like four to five value in tokens. Well, um, if you could never turn this on, this would be a D. Like a C would be a role player, a two card five that costs three is not, it's not a C in my opinion. It blocks, um, C minus D plus, I guess it does block three, but yeah, yeah, you're right. But I, I think you can turn this on and it's not, it's not completely magical Christmas land. Like you say, like it is definitely possible to turn this on. And um, what's actually crazy is like in the in game, you can play around this card. Uh, I didn't play around this. The, the one card I didn't play around in that match. You can play around it in the in game most of the time. But actually when this is scariest, it's just like on turn three when it just has like, they draw it and they're like, oh, you know, <laughs> I took some damage this turn. You made a might token and I blocked with an equipment. I now have less equipment, less tokens and less life. Here's an eight, and I'm going to get to use all my agility, might, and vigor next turn with massive value. That's that's when this card is at the scariest. So, yeah. I, I think this is a pack one, pick one, a bull card. It just has a lot of risk to it, but it is mm. super powerful if you get it, if you get it off. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a B. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, like I feel like this card should actually probably block for zero. So because it shouldn't, it sh this card is so powerful on the ceiling that the floor should not be as reasonable as it is. Because it's pretty reasonable. You can block with it for three, full value kind of block card. You can attack with it for five, which is not terrible. Um, I think you're right. This card is actually probably... I don't know. This card actually might be a bomb. It might be a pretty unfair. Uh, it might be. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's, just got, it's just a crazy... We've never really seen bombs like this where they can have such high variance to how good they can be. Um, I like the blue, by the way, as well. Yeah, me too. Uh, Wage Gold is up next. This is a generic attack action at rare it is a cycle it costs three uh defense two we're looking at the red which attacks for seven and it has the keyword universal so universal says while in any zone this is the same class as your hero uh this is one of the only cards of universal and we've just seen this for the first time and when this attacks a hero you as it's, when this attacks a hero you may wager a gold token with them um it's a c for me yeah, I, I think this is a, a C, C plus for me, but I think this is a B in Victor. This is the kind of card I definitely want to have in, in Victor, for sure. Okay. 
All right, next up we have Reinforced Alliance, the generic instant at rare. Uh, cost zero, we're looking at the rest. Says target defending attack action card gets plus four. I put a B because there's so many attack action cards. It's a zero for four. I didn't give this a grade for some reason. Um, I have this I have this as a, a C, I think. And I think the others are like sideboard Cs. Maybe this is even a C plus. There is a lot of attack actions, right? But the problem is, is like, a lot of the time this card so these defensive cards i think this is quite a it's quite an offense based format in terms of you want to maximize your cards on offense to get the best value because there's so many block two cards so if you play this on a block two for instance like at red you've turned your two cards into average block three but you've had to gamble a red card to do it you've had to, you know the the awkwardness the the non-flexibility of the card to even do that. And if you ever get this when an opponent just kind of passes or sets up a turn or something or just attacks with their weapon for two, you're just stuck with this card that does nothing. So like this card does have risk. So mm -hmm. I think this is really good against Guardian. I think this is, you know, Brute's going to have big attacks. So you can usually get the full value out of this. But I actually think this card is like a, a C and it's super contextual to how good it is in certain matchups. And if your deck, you know, like in Warrior, for instance, I think this is worse when you have less attacks that you want to block with. I think this is worse against Warrior in some ways because their attacks are smaller and you don't want to be blocking with attack actions anyway. I, yeah, this card I thought would be good and is actually maybe the worst of this kind of um, damage prevention slash defense reaction-ish style kind of thing. Interesting. Next up, we have Adrenaline Rush. This is a generic action uh, attack at common is a cycle it attacks for four at red and defense for two cost two and says when you play this if you have less life than an opposing hero this gets plus three attack now this was a bit of an all-star in monarch right like this is probably a b in monarch maybe b minus yeah you think no it was a really good card i think this is a d plus to c minus in the set to be fair it was only it's like really good in bolton i guess it was really good in chain because chain had so much go again yeah it wasn't like yeah. Good in Leviathan, I don't think, or anything like that. So uh, it was fine. It was fine. But this card, I think, actively sucks in this format. There's too many block twos. You want your block twos to like synergize or be powerful ish cards. You know, like three. I'd rather take a three for seven, right? It's a guaranteed two card seven as opposed to this often not being a two card seven. Um, I think this is almost as bad as it gets. Honestly, I, I think this card is pretty poor. Don't don't get trapped into to this card. Honestly. I to see. All right, next up is performance bonus. This is generic attack action at common. Attacks for three, blocks for two, costs zero. We're looking at the red. When this hits, you create a gold token. This is played from Arsenal, gets go again. So a couple of these effects played from Arsenal, gets go again. Um, mm -hmm. I historically haven't been a fan of them. I had a C minus for this. Nope. I have a setup C plus for Victor. This is a Victor card, and I don't think it's much else, honestly. Mm -hmm. Next up, Rally the Rearguard. This is another returning card from Monarch. It's a generic attack action at common. It is a cycle. Defense for two, cost two. At red, it attacks for six. It says once per turn instant, discard a card. This gets plus three defense. Activate this ability only while it's defending. Important to note that whether this is red, yellow, blue, it gets the plus three defense clause. It's just the attack is less. Um, I think this card is such a good inclusion in this set because if you remember, you play this in Monarch, yeah. right? You just immediately discard the card, yes. right? Well, the, this card is, there's a little bit of a, a bait with this card. If you're taking it for, so this card is really good in Monarch. And I remember being really good, but why was it so good? Well, because it had six attack. Yes, yeah, so it had six attack. Yes, it was a popper, it's which popular. is busted. And like, it was like kind of playable in like some other heroes. And I don't know. I just, the card yeah. is actually not that insane i don't think in this set it's better in the set i think <laughs> what the fuck? okay so 
take the popper thing aside. The the red was the red obviously in Monarch was insane because it was a popper. Like let, take that aside. Let's look at the blue for instance. This you can this is an instant. So you can defend with this and then if they have the attack reaction for instance, you can discard the card into it. Also, there is a lot of two blocks in this set and a reasonable number of no blocks and I think being able to turn your 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 two blocks into a three block is really good. I think yeah, basically what I was gonna say is a monarch, like the first thing you do, because there's no attack reactions, or there, you know, there was mm. a glisten or whatever, but you go like block and I'll discard this card so it's for five. In this set, you're actually like a block. Any reactions, they're like, mm. uh yeah, I have no reaction or I do, and then you're like, okay, and you know, reaction step, I discard my card. That's it's quite fair. funny. But yeah. I have this at a C plus. Okay. For blue and red. Okay. I defer. Um, trade in. Is that me? Yep. I'll read it. Trade in. Is a generic attack action at common. It is a cycle again. Defense for two. Uh, cost zero. Red attacks for three. It says when this attacks, you may discard a card. If you do draw a card, if this is played from Arsenal, it gets go again. Uh, I think red is a C and it's it's good in Kasai and any of the draw card payoffs. So mostly Warrior. Um, and I think the rest are Ds. And I think in most decks, it's going to be probably a C minus or D. Yep. I had C. All right, next up we have Lunging Press. This is an OG. Generic attack reaction at common. Blocks for two, cost zero. Looking at the blue, no cycle. Target attack action card gets plus one. I have a D. I have a C minus for one reason. This is a blue that isn't an attack action. It isn't an action. So you can block this on overpower. You can block this on the Kasai, like the Centauri Saber uh, for good value. And I do actually think that the plus one on wages is is really relevant to push them over the top. So this is C minus, but yeah, like I don't think this card's particularly great, but it does have some like utility and upside that isn't obvious at, at first glance. Money where your mouth is, Brendan. Next card, generic action at common is a cycle, defends for two, costs one, and says your next attack action this turn gets plus X. We're looking at red, so it's plus three. And when this attacks a hero, you may wager a gold token with them. Go again. I think this card is a solid C, but it's an important card for Victor and Olympia. Maybe a C plus in those decks. I see as well. All right, next up we have starting stake. This is a generic non-attack action at common. Blocks for three, costs zero. It's a yellow. It says if you control no gold tokens, create a gold token. I had a D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, I have a D plus. In Victor, this card's actually good because you create a gold. This says create a gold, draw a card. And so you get you know value out of that. And it blocks three. Uh, I played this in my sealed pool because uh, in, against Warrior only uh, because it blocks three and it's an attack action. But otherwise, I wanted no part of it, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Many are denied their place in history simply because they failed to make their very first coin. True. Brian Golly was like, I'm super proud of this. <laughs> All right. And the last card in our common and rare set review for heavy hitters is Tester Strength. This is a generic block card. Defensive four, one of the first cards we saw uh, in the previous season. It only comes in red, no cycle. It says when this defends clash with the attacking hero, the winner creates a gold token. I think in Victor, this is a straight B, B plus. I think otherwise this is kind of just okay, C plus range. I had a C plus. Crazy. Is that revised? No, actually not. <laughs> okay. Which just because uh, gold is kind of whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For the right heroes though, gold is obviously very, very good. Right. We did it. That's the heavy hitters limited set review for the Raisin Commons. Uh, I have a lot to say about this limited format. I'm excited to kind of share that over the coming weeks. Make sure you check out the video that will go up before the weekend on the pre-release sealed primer how to build your sealed deck things to look out for why play each hero how to get into each hero um 
yeah, I think it pairs well with this kind of set review we've done here. I think, you know what, we were actually, considering the fact you haven't played the set, Brendan, uh, I think we're pretty aligned on, on a, a big chunk of these cards. Yeah. Um, seems like after three years, I'm starting to get decently accurate at this. Also doing it in three different card games. Um, we'll see. I definitely got owned on the Warrior stuff, which I was probably just wrong about. But we, I don't know. I think uh, together we've gotten more correct more often than not. Uh, yeah. Chris, Chris Gehring, you know, probably would disagree. Um, I think he likes this one, though. I think he'll like this one. Yeah, but Chris Gehring is, you know, often wrong, so that's part of it. Uh, Chris Gehring didn't really like our, our, our review of, of items in Bright Lights, which, you know, a lot of that review is for, is pre, for pre-release. And Chris Gehring, uh, the sealed format of Bright Lights was... That's on you. <laughs> hey, shout out to... LSS and the development team for the set though I think yeah I mean only played a little bit of this so far but I'd say at the same point in every other seal format I've ever played I've started to be like I never want to play the seal format ever again except for maybe Welcome to Wraith I feel very differently with heavy hitters I think there's a lot to explore I'm super keen to draft this a bunch more I think the draft itself is is, is interesting but the gameplay the gameplay in the set is so so good and I think if you haven't already go and check out the coverage from the weekend from the calling uh, day one sealed day two draft and um, yeah I mean otherwise also just shout out to um, to two of my good friends who made top eight of the calling uh, Nick Butcher and, and Dr. Damakai both making top eight in the calling um, you know despite could have been three of, of you boys. in the calling in the I top know. eight that would have been wild huh? wow Little bit of, little bit of, um, yeah, what was the word I'm looking for? Dan was feeding me in our pod on day two and, um, may have passed me a brute signal and then immediately decided to cut me out of brute. So, what are friends for? It's not the story Dan told me. (laughs) I'm sure it's not. He's like, I got, I took this chump out, took him out. Uh, We never played. We never played. We dodged each other, but yeah. All right. I think it's going to do it for episode 146 of Arsenal Pass. This is the Heavy Hitters, or this has been the Heavy Hitters Limited set review. Uh, drop down in the comments. Let us know what you think. What cards are you excited to open? Uh, what is the best card? What is the best common and rare in this set? I think it's good time, Chapo. I think yeah, that card yeah. is insane. I just think the equipment are also so strong overall. So, um, yeah, may your pools be good this weekend and take us out, Brennan. Yep. Well, if you enjoy this podcast, number one thing you can do is leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. There's a video version of this on YouTube. Video version, if you're listening on audio platforms, can help you a lot because there's card images. YouTube.com slash Arsenal Pass. Thank you all. Thank you especially to our patrons. You help us do what we do. As we queue up for PTLA, expect those deck techs and deck guys to come your way as well. I will be playing. Hayden will be playing. Sasha Markovic, you will be playing. You will not bail on us. Um, but yeah, uh, we, I hope you all enjoy your limited gameplay when it comes to heavy hitters. And uh, we'll be taking more looks at the set as we prepare to draft it on the world stage at Pro Tour Los Angeles. So thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week. 